We are live with a completely unnecessary podcast for Wednesday, September 24th, 2014. Besides eager Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I'm back, country. Ian, how you doing? I'm getting pudgy. <laughs> getting? You know how I do. Just getting a little weight going. I like how the first thing I say is about the mic, the mic level and you lean back... Eight feet, the well, first. Yeah, because you know I'm poking at my pudge. Why? Why are you pudgy? Why aren't you working out? You had the YMCA membership. Just, just <laughs> walk the time. Walk to the freaking YMCA <laughs> after I get married. After you just get in shape before you get married. You don't want to be sexy for Vani. Uh, I, you know, if if she doesn't approve of me the way I am now, it's only going to get worse as I get older. Well, I don't approve you the way you are now. Yeah, well, uh, good thing I'm not marrying you, Pat. Coming up on the show, we're talking about the ET landfill carts going to eBay. A Doctor Strange movie was announced. Deadpool movie confirmed. Uh, digital gun buyback program. Nintendo's 125th birthday. Uh, NES game lot goes for 15 grand. Smash 3DS demo. First impressions from Ian and I. WWE update with Night of Champions and Roman Reigns being injured. The Retron 5 cracked into some nefarious stuff that might be going on. And your Q&A. So your wedding's like uh, less than a month out now. It's uh, two and a half weeks away. Two and a half weeks? Yep. We still have to make favors. Um, and we got to get our wedding license. And other than that, we just have to have a good time. I mean, we're pretty much we're pretty much ready. Uh, we started picking songs for our playlist. Got to write got a them DJ? Down. Huh? Got a DJ? Uh, we've got an iPod. You know, I DJed a few times in college. I yeah, I, I think you've told me that once. I, I could have. Yeah, I, I think I think you've you've mentioned that before. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, everything is pretty much ready to go. Got to drop off some forms by uh, this weekend or Monday, and uh, yeah, we're pretty much set. Um, I have friends flying in from out of town, so I'm really excited for a lot of that. I'm exhausted from Retropalooza the past weekend. Uh, I was in Arlington, Texas, run by Billy and Jay, the Game Chasers. Very well done uh, convention. Only their second year. Uh, panel went very well. It was early Saturday morning, but I believe it was full. And the Play the Punk Challenge was pretty exciting. And uh, good mm, questions. Exciting. And we, we showed off a new Ask Frank, which just came out today. Whoa, that's that's a that's a little promotion there. And we also uh, showed the new Path the NES Punk video, Toki. Did you see Toki? No. Toki? Go watch Toki. It's on It's on the YouTubes. It's on my website. It's going to be It's going to be fun. We also, in the past couple days, we finished up uh, video game years uh, filming. Yeah, I, I guess you were concerned about my tweet. No, I wasn't concerned. Uh, there was like four, five, six people who were like confused by it. Well, so, call the cops then. At that point, uh, well, fuck <laughs> off. You should explain things to your fans, <laughs> you dumbass. Um, so basically, what's going on is the Kickstarter covered um, video game years from uh, where we left off, which I believe is eighty. 81, all the way through to the end of the decade to 89. We have finished shooting for 89. Uh, people read the tweet as you and I were leaving the video game years. That's not it. The well, you are leaving, but everyone else is leaving, Well, yeah, too. the entire show is going on hiatus after 89. After we finish production of 89, which, and, will, be, which will be uh, around, I, I guess, end of October. At least my, my responsibilities... I'm, people don't know what I do on the show. Besides being part of the committee that helps spearhead the topics for each year, I'm basically in charge of the editor's uh, for the assembly edits, which means basically the construction of every segment you've seen since 83 has Pat's stamp on it in terms of every clip in the order you see it, I have to approve that. 
And so if, if the editors come with me with something's missing something, say they forgot to talk about the NES controller D-pad, I got to tell them to put it back in. Is your stamp it, a butterfly with like a tribal design behind it? Tribal design? What is this, 98? I'm getting a tattoo <laughs> with that armband thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I do in the show. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it because this is the show that I want it to be 50 years from now when I'm dead. Uh, they'll say, these dead guys talking about the NES and Ninja Guide and this is how I'm learning about video games in my futuristic little you know, house in, on the moon. That's how they're going to be learning about it. I really yeah. enjoyed doing the show. Um, not to say that we won't revisit it, but uh, you know, it's it was fun because for Pat and I, we just had to sit down and uh, talk. I mean, there was yeah. very little research that had to go into it, which isn't to say that I just talked out of my ass if I wasn't sure about something I looked, but it was really fun to just sit down and basically do the best part of my job again, which is to just talk shit about video games yeah and i think i think we have a camaraderie when it comes to it we and usually it, it's great when we both know the topic because we usually talk about different stuff from a different angle right and there's usually times when you you know about a game and i don't like you know about the rpgs maybe and i don't i don't know and i don't or i know about maybe more about a sports title or something like tech mobile and you might have anything to add but there's times when we, we hit a rhythm which is really good and then we we, we get these little inside jokes that i'd say 98 percent of the jokes we have are not planned we just stumble upon them while we're filming and that's no. why they're good and that's why they're authentic so most of what you see with the, with us in the video game years is yes it's us just being ourselves and having fun but, but the fact of the matter is it got more and more difficult to shoot these because once we got to like 87 in particular it's hard to cut stuff out people are gonna be bitching and moaning um which they did, uh, especially on the internal team. But we got through. I, I'm proud of it where it's come from, and so we're gonna leave off at 89. And then, if we get funding, if they can sell more DVDs, it might go forward to get to 99. I, I think it should. I personally think it should end in the year 2000. But even if it ends at 99, it gets to the Dreamcast. That probably be good. I think. I think. The, I think we all decided that if we had like. A particular cutoff in mind. It would It'd be, be the Dreamcast. Yeah. It would be the Dreamcast. Yeah, I don't care. I, you know, I don't know anything about the Xbox. I don't want to talk about the Xbox. You know. No, that, 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 the <laughs> Xbox, Microsoft, Halo was on it. Yeah. It was like a computer, but it was a system. Yeah. I don't have multiplayer. At that point, I stopped having fun. Um, so, we also have a new uh, logo. We finally have a logo. Yes. I'm hey, very so, happy about uh, this logo. Ray Alderton worked on it. Uh, very nice guy. Um, he really wants nothing in return. He, he Ray's one of the two artists who did the artwork for the fifth anniversary cliffhanger cliffhanger video for the intro last year. Excellent job. So we're, we're, this is our little. Uh, we have to do a little live read. I want to do live reads to be cool, but he wants us to promote. Uh, I guess there's a local game store he likes in Georgia. So are you in Georgia? Is GameStop bumming you out? Super Gator Games. No Gators, just games. If you go for Gators, you might be insane. Retro cards, accessories, and even bleeding-edge next-gen. Super Gator Games has it. Good prices, solid selection, and knowledgeable staff. Two locations, a short drive from the metro Atlanta area in Hiram and in Noonan. Super Gator Games. I want to give them a tech shout-out? It's called Super Gamer Games. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. That was my instruction. Uh, and you can go see them on Facebook by, su- by searching for Super Gator Games. Games with G A M Z games. The place sounds cool. Your live reads suck. Well, we shall see for the yeah the NES marathon. Yeah, okay. Also because my voice is still not fully recovered. Mm-hmm. So, what's going on with all those ET carts found in Alamogordo, New Mexico? <laughs> Ian, <laughs> it's kind of cool actually. Um, so, 
Um, after the ET dig, a lot of people were kind of curious as to what was going to go on with the cartridges. Uh, people were talking about were they going to be for sale? You know, were people going to start trying to sell you know cartridges online as cartridges that were you know pulled from the dump site? And actually, they are the property of Alamogordo, and they're going to sell um, about 800 of them uh, through various auctions, um, fundraisers, and they are going to. Um, uh, sell some actually through uh, an online, uh, like a, I believe a county store, like an online store. Um, and then they're going to keep about 500 of them as mementos. They're going to give some away to uh, museums um, around the world that want them. So it's it's a way for them to raise a, the city themselves to raise a little bit of revenue. I'd also like to think that because they're all coming from one source, at least initially, the initial sales of these... Why don't you watch yourself there, big guy? Um, I would like to think the initial sales of I'm these... I'm the volume because you're blowing out my eardrums, yeah. <laughs> I don't, whatever. I'd like initial think, sales! Yeah. I'd like to think that, um, you know, this will cut down on scammers because you'll know what to look for. Yes. There's only a few places where you can get them initially, and yes, eventually you will have people, after this sale is long done, that, you, you know, you might run into a scam, but hopefully it'll come with a certificate or something. Oh, yeah. I, I think they'd have, to, they'd have to have it signed by whoever was involved with the dig. It looks like whether they have... Um, they only had 1,300 that they discovered, at least that they dug up. 1,300. Well, 13 of the ET, at least. Yeah. But it sounds like they didn't get out to tens of thousands. I don't think they ever cracked that cement layer, supposedly, that was there, that was covering up the, like a big lot of them. Well, the other thing that they said was there were other places, but basically they did not have a lot of time to dig. It was basically get it right or don't get it at all. Um, I remember that being said when the initial story came out. So they didn't have many chances to dig. There were other spots that they so, that they said that they were supposed to be, but they didn't get the chance okay. or the license to ex- excavate there. So if, there, if there's 800 of them, they'd be smart to number each certificate. Right. So yes, if they're sold, again, you know which one is which. Versus some asshole throwing his copy in the dirt, a new ET cart, which you can get for like a dollar, throw it in the dirt and say, this is one of them. You know, most of them look like they came out of a dump anyway. Yeah, exactly. But I, I mean, that would be smart. I don't know what these are going to sell for. Do you have any interest in, in owning one as a piece of history or not really? You know what? Actually, when I was reading it and I've never been a person who had a ton of love for the 2600, now the 5200 I love, um, I, I Which do, is weird. I do. I'm sorry. No one should love the 5200. I love the 5200. Um, I, I, I mean, I kind of would, if, depending on what they wanted for them. I think uh-huh. it's kind of neat, depending on how they present it, package it, what you get with it. It's 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 just it's an interesting piece of game history. Um, it's a movie that I'm not hugely fond of on a system that I don't particularly care for, but the story is cool. You're not fond of the movie? What a shock that a beloved children's movie that would not warm your black heart. It, it made me uh, very sad as a kid. I haven't watched it as a uh, because he left. It just it was really sad for me to watch that movie as a child. What made you sad? I, the whole movie made me sad when he was like all sick and sad and dying and oh my god in the hospital. Mm. I'm getting all upset about it right now. If I watched it now as an adult, maybe I'd like it a lot better. This is not me being like cold and affected. This is this is the movie was too traumatizing for me as a child, which could be worse. <laughs> actually because you took you took it the way no other kid probably took the movie but um yeah this is cool uh, like i said i saw the documentary that uh microsoft studios is putting out is it even out by now um and this is probably um this is probably something that you'll see i guess in, in, once these are put online there'll be a flurry 
if I had to guess how much each he's going to go for, it, it depends. If they do like a Dutch auction for eight hundred, you'll get some asshole probably try to buy like two hundred himself, three hundred try to resell. Right. I guarantee you that happened with the Turok Rage Wars a few years ago. Out of the hundred or hundred or so, hundred fifty, I'm sure a couple of assholes bought like thirty or forty each. You know, yeah. So they can keep them and try to sell them now for like they sold for twenty bucks now try to sell them for like two hundred each. You know, I'm sure there's guys that just want to. It's capitalism. You do what you want. Yeah, you're still a douchebag. I don't. I don't care if it's capitalism or communism. Whatever. Throat your fist. Um, <laughs> I, I actually had a guy call once uh, who had a gray cartridge of Turok Rage Wars, and yeah. he asked me how much I'd give for it. And I said, I don't know. I said, I'm not particularly interested in it. And he was like, Well, I'm looking for at least 150. Yeah, so and I, mean, I said, can, Yeah, go elsewhere. You can you can look for however much you want. Doesn't mean you're going to get it from Ian at Luna Video Games. <laughs> Two locations <laughs> of San. I'm doing Ian's live read <laughs> poorly. We never, we never do a, a Luna live read for the for the marathon, do we? We don't. We should do that this year. We're going to change it. I'm going to write up my own. Oh, no, we do it for we do it for the marathon. Oh, we do. Yeah. Oh, we do. Okay. Yeah. So, in in closing, I guess um, these are interesting. I'm just interested to see how how it plays out with the auction, how they're going to release them. Basically. Sure. All right. So, Marvel's had a kick ass year with movies. It's only going to get better. Captain America Winter Soldier was fan-fucking-tastic. One of the best Marvel movies. Indeed. Guardians of the Galaxy, fan-fantastic again, without I'm the cursing. St- still pissed that I didn't go see that a second time in theaters. I saw it a second time and it was just I really bad. wanted to, we just didn't have time. Um, so, they announced with, I guess, if you can do Guardians of the Galaxy, you can do any Marvel property. Just about. It's that freaking out there and zany. But this isn't a zany, but this is a character that... Um, in prior decades was more popular, but this is like a nice, solid B-level Marvel character, Doctor Strange. Yes, Ooh. one of my favorites. So they, they've announced this. It's set for 2016. They announced the director. Um, they're rumored for Doctor Strange, a couple of guys. Joaquin Phoenix was rumored, who would be a strong choice. He's a great actor. And Benedict Cumberbatch, who is uh, is the hot actor right now for everything. I think Benedict Cumberbatch could do a good Strange, especially... Well, they're they're already saying they're they're filming us in the UK. Yes. Um, the Dark Horse though was the one that made me really excited. And I mean, I'm sure we won't see him, but goddamn, do I love John Hamm? Do you really? I love <laughs> you love Mad John Hamm. Well, I love Mad Men, but like as a person, John Hamm just seems like a really decent guy. He's really he's usually really good on like Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he's, he's funny. funny. He's down to earth. I, I I mean, but that's the only problem. Like as much as I would love for him to get the role, now that I've seen like the humorous side of him, I don't know if I could see, see him as, as Doctor Strange, who's generally not a particularly funny character. Sure. So do you think? Uh, do you think? How do you think audience would would, would take this character? This isn't like. On paper, it's kind of weird having Doctor Strange. He has like you know the Netherworld and the mysticism. And how do you think that would play out? Like, how would you think like a big battle would play out with with the the effects and and like all the the Ditko type of like weird colors and everything? I'm like, I'm really hoping we get like a, a late '60s psychedelic look, but sure. you know with a with a, with a modern effect. You know with the sure. modern effects palette. Um, I think that could be. I mean, that, that's what I'm really looking forward to. Because Doctor Strange always had good storylines. Interesting storylines that other superheroes didn't touch on. Because it was more into mysticism and the occult. Uh, but the artwork that Ditko did... Weird guy. But the artwork he did was, was fantastic. And I feel like that has to be represented in the movie um, to do it justice. What I do like about the movie as well is uh, a lot of people are saying that they're they're going to ditch the origin story of Strange. I think they should. Which is bold but i would hope they do i would hope they do because 
we've seen so many movies now where that have ditched origin stories, like say Dread, where I mean Dread doesn't really have an origin, but you get enough backstory if you well, surround them with good side characters that can work, that can coax background details out of them. What I know about Doctor Strange is that his origin isn't as essential to his character as, say, the the origin of Spider-Man when Uncle Ben gets killed or Captain America and what they stand for. It's not as deeply integral that you have to see it as much. They're, they're probably gonna, they're probably like. They'll probably have a short flashback sometime in the film to it or something like sure. that, which is fine. Or, or they, they, did it, they did it with the Daredevil movie, 2003. They did a like a, like a five minute flashback, and that worked out fine before without going into the entire thing. Or like I'm like I'm referring to in something like Dread, you know, uh, a side character will ask uh, Strange, you know, what ha- what was he like as a kid or something as they're traveling to a dimension, and you know he'll explain, you know, basically what happened. So this uh, they'll get to it. So this is uh, Scott. Uh, Derrickson has been announced to direct it. Interesting choice. Marvel really goes for these guys that, that they think are going to just hit it right on, off the tee. Like going for uh, Shane Black for Iron Man 3, a guy who's a witty writer. Or, or uh, going for something more punky like Guardians of the Galaxy. Sure. So so uh, Derrickson has written and directed a lot of like horror movies the past five, six years. Uh, stuff like um, Deliver Us from Evil. Um, stuff like uh, Sinister, I guess Sinister 2 he's on right now. He wrote The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which I think was well-received, very well-received when that came out. Which I, I, think, which I think is based upon the actual exorcism that The Exorcist was based on. It was a good movie. It was uh, it was a courtroom drama, which kind of left a lot of people feeling bummed. <laughs> so, so this guy doesn't have a huge amount of directing. He's only directed, looks like, three or four mainstream movies. Exorcism of Emily Rose... Day the Earth to Seal, the remake, which I don't know anything about that. Sinister, which was a horror movie uh, that came out. Uh, so, yeah. So, I guess... But I'm going to trust Marvel at this point. They haven't really gone wrong so far. You might disagree with, with Edgar Wright with uh, Ant-Man. But, I mean, so far... No, I wanted Edgar Wright to do Ant-Man. The fact that Edgar Wright left Ant-Man leaves me zero interest in Ant-Man. Doesn't mean it won't be bad, though. But So, I'm looking forward to this just because this will be different how guardians of the galaxy was different from all the other marvel movies this will also be different from all the other marvel movies so we'll see what happens and on the note of superhero movies a couple months ago our most successful cu podcast video ever <laughs> is, is it that one was the the, the, the <laughs> deadpool leaked test footage that I guess we have like like a two hundred thousand clicks on because people thought that was the footage. No, it was us <laughs> talking about the footage. It wasn't supposed to be clickbait. We didn't we didn't try for it to be clickbait. Whatever, can't clickbait. But real quickly, that that again, that recap that footage was uh, mostly all CG, but it was Ryan Reynolds who was for four or five years has been rumored to be Deadpool. I mean, he was Deadpool in, in Wolverine uh, Origins. X-Men Origins Wolverine in 2009. He loves the character. He has the snarky attitude for it. And so they haven't been able to get it off the ground forever, even though they had a great script, supposedly, uh, for it. So they put out this test footage. It le- the test footage was like a year ago or a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. It leaks out. Everyone loves it. And so what happened was, in the past couple of days, is that Ryan Reynolds comes out and says, you know, he appreciates the support. He basically saying, oh, we didn't think we were crazy for backing basically we thought this idea would be viable and basically your support showed us that and then right afterwards fox confirms that they are green lighting a deadpool movie for 2016 i'm happy about that i'm happy about it um 
the character is one note, but it's a pretty funny note. And I've always enjoyed um, Deadpool in the one-shot comics, mm-hmm. the Deadpool team-ups. And, you know, a movie really works best when it's got one short story to kind of focus on. So I think they could really do something great with the movie that kind of keeps it, you know, flowing fast. A Deadpool movie is not going to benefit from any downtime. I mean, that that needs to be, I mean, pretty much action from the get-go. But I bet you it'd be a pretty good ride. Yeah, and I don't mind that, I mean, Fox only doesn't have a great record with Fantastic Four. Um, or the or the Daredevil movies from ten years ago and Elektra, but they've 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 come around on, on the, the last couple X Men movies, on the first class. Uh, the, the Wolverine was very good. I still think Days of Future Past was that phenomenal. Was really good, and pro- so those are fine. And plus, this is a movie that Marvel doesn't need. This, this isn't a character that meshes well. It wouldn't mesh well with uh, Iron Man or you know those characters. It's fine to have a one off movie with just Deadpool. Yeah, it works fine. I mean, he shows up everywhere, but no one's going to boo-hoo that Deadpool can't no. be in the next Avengers movie. No, they can't have a character breaking the fourth wall in the Marvel continuity. It, right. It, it just it would be it would be too much. So as long as they get a good director, I mean, this is this is going to be fine. Director is going to be Tim Miller. Okay, I don't I'm know. I'm unfamiliar with him, but the script is by Zombieland writers Rhett Reeves and Paul Waring. Zombieland had a pretty good script. Uh, it was humorous. <laughs> Zombieland was fantastic. So uh, that gives you confidence. Uh, Tim Miller, I'll look him up real quick. Um, but no, I'm happy to see Ryan Reynolds get a chance because Ryan Reynolds is an actor that um, he has kind of taken a downturn in his career in terms of a leading man because a lot of his movies didn't do well that he was a star. Uh, Green Lantern didn't do that well. That he's doing that R.I.P.D. Uh, that did not well. That pretty much bombed. That one that came out what like last year or the year before uh, in the summer. Remember that one? Yeah, it and, had Jeff Bridges in it too. And it, yeah, and it still went nowhere. So I mean, I, I, this is something that I think will, will be a big hit. I think it, oh. now. Now the question is though: is will this be R or PC thirteen? And will, will that matter that much? I don't think it will. I mean, if you read the comics, I mean, like most comics, Marvel comics or DC. Most of that stuff is PG-13 in nature. So you can do Deadpool. You can definitely do Deadpool and PG-13. Would it, could no you, blood, though. Or not right. that much blood. You can't be hacking heads off. Yeah, that's the weird thing about comics. You know, they're kind of iffy on using you know swear words and stuff like that in, in, in mainstream comics. Yet the blood and the, 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 the guts are usually there. So it depends. I mean, I guess I'd prefer it to be an R. But I really think with the popularity of the character... They're gonna have to hit it at a PG thirteen. Uh, this gives me pause about the director. I just looked him up. He hasn't really done much. He's done two short films. He's directed in two thousand two, two thousand three. He wrote four things, all short films in two thousand three to two thousand six. He worked on the visual effects on Scott Pilgrim vs the World. So I'm very. I don't know how to take this. That they're hiring someone. I guess they must have confidence in them. But it's Fox, though. Fox has had a great track record for this sort of stuff. Well, the visual so. effects in Scout Pilgrim were fantastic. Doesn't so, mean you can direct the movie. Well, no, it doesn't. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, I, I can at least give them a thumbs up on that. But yeah, that's not really a huge resume to go off of. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm not holding on hope for for the new Fantastic Four reboot next year. I think it's going to be awful. I don't care who is doing Fantastic Four. I have no interest in it. That's, I think that's part of the problem. No, that's not part of it. You can do an interesting Fantastic Four movie. Frank, don't let Fr- oh, don't let Frank hear that. Frank's already heard it. Don't, don't Frank and I have already chatted. Fantastic about Four can Fantastic be very Four. interesting if done right, especially since they they, they it, that would be in theory like a Guardians of the Galaxy because they're always doing stuff in space and fighting cosmic entities. 
versus Earth. Whatever, that's a whole topic. Deadpool coming to you 2016. We'll see how it goes. So this was this was kind of weird. This is like, well, this is like like how they do in real life with gun buyback programs, right, Ian? Yeah. So we've got this digital gun buyback program that is going on in Marin County in California, and like a real gun buyback program, which is aimed to get guns off the streets, where they buy back guns basically no questions asked for cash. Sure. Uh, you know, and they tend to target poor neighborhoods and whatnot to get, you know, the, the weapons out of these areas and put real money in these people's hands so they can do something with. What they've started doing is um, they've started, like, buying back toy guns from kids or violent video games from kids for ice cream. And they're, what they're saying behind it is that, you know, they, they, they want to take at least with the toy guns, they want to take these tools of violence that they see, that kids would see in a domestic violence situation, perhaps, right? Do they see guns in domestic violence? Well, this is what they're they're talking about. This is part of a domestic violence awareness program to kind of help kids learn early on, you know, the do's and don'ts of how to treat people. But it's... While its heart is in the right place, I have a couple of problems with it. One, um, buying back fake toy guns and violent video games isn't really educating on domestic violence. No, and, and, I and, believe and children, that, small children probably don't understand a lot of what, what domestic violence even is. Right. You know so I mean? there needs to be actual education. And in, in, in the question is, how do you educate children on domestic violence? Well, there's other ways to do it than this. So... I, it just seems short-sighted. I don't misfired. Even want to, I just want, I don't want to say it's short-sighted. Misfired. I just want to say it's missing its mark. Um, you know, I think they want kids to see that they can do a similar thing that adults do, and they get a reward for it. But what's it actually teaching them? My biggest problem with this is that it brings up the correlation again that has never ever been no, solidly exactly. proven ever once, not once. That violent video games at all link to violent behavior in children. Mm-hmm. Now, what they're trying to stop is violent behavior in children. Things that they might see in domestic violence, they, if they see domestic violence. But like we said, how, how does this tie into domestic violence? I don't see the tie. No. So, I, I feel like... How do toy guns? even right. Toy guns? I feel like it's kind of... I mean, yes, it, we need to teach children yeah. about domestic violence. We do. Uh, this is not the way to do it. And furthermore, we don't need to drag out that old chestnut of a scapegoat video games again and yeah. kick it around a while. Because, frankly, do I like violent video games? Not really. But do I care if people play them? Do Have I read the reports? Do I think that they really have an impact on people who who, who, who play them? No, I don't. And that's been shown time and time again in studies. And here we are, and they're once again correlating violent video games with real-life violence. I, I, I'm trying to stay away from a whole liberal versus conservative thing on here, but this is... I don't understand. This is this to me ties... I'm liberal. It, I think this is stupid as fuck. Well, I'm, I'm, so, yeah. This is like, to me, about how, how dumb it is, the same thing when kids are now getting suspended in schools because they get a stick and point it as a gun that gets suspended. This is like total overreaction. Total overreaction. We all grew up with toy guns. I played Cowboys and Indians. I played... Not Cowboys, one of my from the 50s. My dad played Cowboys and Indians. I played Army. 
I play cops and robbers. We had violent video games as kids and growing up. I watched G.I. Joe. And again, yeah, it's never linked. There's no link. This is ridiculous. This is, this is absolutely ridiculous. So they're going to... This is include like Nerf guns? Yeah. What, who got hurt by a Nerf gun ever? That's why it's a Nerf. That's why it's Nerf. You don't get hurt with Nerf. It's just the symbolism of it, but like I said, I, I, I don't agree. It's just, it's, it's dumb. It's not a matter of people actually getting hurt by Nerf, jackass, of course. It's, I mean, no one did. That's the point. It's supposed to be the safe, fun, soft, dart foam. But well, I'm looking at this article on Forbes about, yeah, the Columbine killers, when they played Doom, yeah, that was a very violent thing, how they played a mod, like you, you die when you ran out of bullets. These kids, at least the main kid, was so fucked up to begin with that... He, people don't understand that when people have these like outlets for things, it's 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 not causation. It's just a correlation of them going towards outlets that associate with them. So if you're messed up and ultra violent, yeah, you'll probably play violent games because that's what you like. But it doesn't mean that because I play ultra violent games, I am going to be ultra violent. Right. It's the predisposition is probably already there to play them. I mean, the article says it perfectly right here, which is kind of what I was trying to say and rambling a bit. And yet, this pairing almost seems to trivialize domestic violence itself. Unlike toy guns and video games, domestic violence does direct, obvious physical and emotional harm to children. The effect of which are long. The effects of which are long lasting. The data is there, where the link between violence and video games has never been firmly established. I mean, hell, they should be giving out Nerf guns to, to these parents then. They can beat each other up with a Nerf bat, and no one really gets hurt. Oh, Jesus Christ, Pat. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. All right, so that's guns for ice cream. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. I can go for some ice cream right now, though. So Nintendo is celebrating 125 years. So that's 1889. I remember that random issue of Nintendo Power probably, I guess it was in 89 when they mentioned that it was a 100th birthday. Do you remember that? I remember that, and they did mention it being uh, it was a, a card company. I do, and that, I, I, I remember that issue because that's where I learned. You know, I think yeah. in a lot of, not now, but for those of us who grew up with a Nintendo, I mean, Nintendo did not exist before the NES. You know, we didn't, I mean, if you had a Game & Watch or something like that, you knew them from that. But or saw Donkey you, Kong, maybe. Yeah, you always knew Nintendo is something that was video game related. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, the start with the Hanafuda cards and things like that, uh, that was news to people like us when we, when we read that. Yeah. I think, I think what this tells you, a company lasting 125 years, especially one starting in the 18, late 1800s in Japan, which was still semi-feudal by the late 1800s. You still had samurai in some area to go from that to now. When think about in human history, how much has changed in the past 125? How radically that's changed versus any other period in history. 125 years would be nothing. This has been like millennia compared to those other times. The fact of the matter is, this company started with playing cards, transitioned into toys, electronic games, you know, love testers, to, to light gun games in arcades. Before you know, remember they had Duck Hunt yeah. in the 70s. Duck Hunt actually shooting off of projector yeah, and Wild Gunman shooting guys that yeah, were Yeah, they didn't a- look actors. cute or anything. It was literally a shadow yeah. projection with a light gun. And then progressing and finding their way into the market for Donkey Kong after Radar Scope failed and how that was a huge, massive success. And then finding their way only a couple years later in Japan to, to Famicom, one of the most successful systems ever, especially in Japan. And then Nintendo is not just a survivor. They they kind of 
they they see I guess they've always seen what sells and what's popular and they ran towards it. Here's the thing, Nintendo has always been able to adapt and move along with time. I mean, they've been around for 125 years, which is why it's so sad that um someone told me today that because of the Xbox One and PS4, uh the Wii U is just gonna sink a Nintendo. And, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're dead. dead. They're dead. They're dead. Nintendo is finished. They're, they, they're, they have their <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to commit seppuku. They're going to go outside Nintendo headquarters and just go. Oh man, the company is over, dude. They've, <laughs> it's over. They've, they just they you know they they overstepped their bounds. Uh, so, 125 years is a really good number to end on Nintendo. But <laughs> You're done. I'm sorry, you you've you, made some minor mistakes, and uh, you are never going to recover from them. Because you don't have third-party support on the Wii U, you're, you're absolutely finished. <laughs> Never mind that it's the only console I bother to play. Never mind that they have, you know, so much freaking money in the bank, you know. They'll have to go back to doing love testers and yeah. <laughs> like yep. little toys. They can sell them to the Xbox and PS4 players. Well, 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 That's well, mean of me. I do want a PS4 Well, what will happen is Nintendo will put out a uh, love tester on the tablet, and then six months later, Xbox One and PS4 will do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. After making fun of it. So, speaking of Nintendo, uh, we also just recently saw a game lot on eBay. Uh, I believe it was 883 games go for $15,001. And we usually don't talk about stuff like this, like auctions. Closing. Usually they don't really mean much to us. No. And it's not for a complete series of of uh, NES games, which huge is, and very rare 883 NES game lot. That's the name of it. But that's that. I, I, this is important for the point that I want to bring up. So it's 883 games, which is about 120, 130 more than what would be 770 roughly, roughly considered a full set. License if if you if you consider yeah. licensed and unlicensed, right? So and it's not complete. So there's going to be a lot of doubles. Well, there's going to be about a hundred doubles in there. What's interesting about this to me, and I realize that this is just popularity increasing things, but I remember the first time I saw a complete set of Nintendo games go up on eBay, and that was right around when eBay first started, like 98, TSR's NES pit, we're all talking on the message board, they link it, and we're all fucking blown away, because this complete set of Nintendo games goes for like $4,000, and we're like, oh my god, that's an insane amount of money. that includes staying the mess at the time. Yeah, that includes everything at the time, you know, complete... Uh, you know everything, and I'd say at the time that was overpriced. Yeah, I, I want to say it might not have even been that much. I'm just saying four thousand, like to kind of yeah put an upper buffer on that. It might have been three thousand. So you know now here we are at the height of Nintendo collecting popularity, and um, you know we've got a not even complete set selling for fifteen grand. Which is absolutely insane because that's way overpriced. Yes, that's not even even if you had stadium events in there, it's still overpriced. Oh yeah. So I don't I don't know what's going on with this. I don't know if this was even paid for. Yeah, but the, the problem is to me is it with how crazy we've seen things, it doesn't look high enough to me to be a a fake bid. Like you I think mean so? it's overpriced, but I just it doesn't look high enough to me to be fake. Some have boxes, but not many. I'm looking at this like six and one is complete. Okay, that's like a few hundred dollars right there. Right. But Again, this, we're we're not we're not far out of the realm where you still can't get a huge chunk of games for under ten dollars each. I think that well, you can yeah, pro- you're you right. can probably get four hundred and fifty games for ten dollars or less still, and a lot of those are dollar games in, in bulk. You know, all the sports ones. Well, just average it out at least. You're yeah, talking, yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. No, sure, I can see that. You can get hell. I'll say you can get five hundred games, five hundred fifty games for five thousand dollars. 
probably. I would say you could do that. Yeah. So then you're okay. le- then you're left with 200 games, 220 games that would cost you ten thousand dollars. No, not even close. Not even close because they're not even going to average out at 150 each. You know, they're not even. No, they're, they're not. That's so here's my question to you, and I have a nest in my head. They would, hell, they wouldn't average out at fifty dollars right. each. The last two hundred games. But yeah. So here's my question. This is, I, I have a guesstimate, but we always talk against it. But then, what do you think a person who just wants to buy the complete collection basically sure. spends a year on eBay? Uh, what do you think they could do it for? And plus, that was those prices I just said is if you bought them individually, not in a bulk lot. Well, that's what I'm saying. What do you think a person could buy a Nintendo collection for? In a if they if they bulk lotted it, like they went so online the- and did it, how like I basically did it for the most part. Just eBay or just everything? Just, like I said, eBay an eBay buyer who wants to buy an entire collection. Strictly eBay. Strictly eBay. Um, I pro- even, go pi- even go buy it now. It, well, you, I guess you'd have to. I th- this, does this include selling back the, the doubles you get? Or no? No, let's say individually. Let's, let's go, say, I'm, well, I'm, I'm talking maximum amount of money you could spend if you did it individually. Buy it now. I still don't know if you would get to 15000 No, you wouldn't. That's my whole point. You would. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, you, what you do you wouldn't. think it would actually be? Um, I, it'd be half of that. Okay. I think it'd be half of that. Yeah, I, I was going to say 8 if you did strictly buy it now, no doubles. Because you can find $2 buy it nows for, like, you know, bases loaded. You know, we're not counting shipping, are we? I'm not going to count shipping. No. I don't think that should go into it. <laughs> no, fuck. I'm a pot. Yeah. No, every, yes, everyone wants to listen to us quickly calculate shipping. No, but I'm saying, does that count when you talk about, uh, yeah, bases loaded is a dollar game, well, but what shipping is $4. Yeah, I don't but count let's, that. Let's keep... I'm, counting cause, I'm counting also like bulk lots because you can get like 25 game bulk lots for still like 30 bucks if they're mostly commons. Sure. Know, and let's keep in mind bucks. that a lot of sellers have started to eliminate shipping from their prices. Sure. At least I've noticed that, as long as they're not overseas. Yeah, this is this is. Double the price of what it should be. I think. So, but at the same point, I you see a lot of collectors. So this is not a reseller buying this. There's no way it's a. Reseller. It's not a reseller. Yet it's just not. I mean, I know it's overpriced by probably double. I just don't see this being stupidly high enough. Here's my guess: lots of new collectors, lots of new blood in the collecting scene. I don't see them because I see it at the store. These are not people who save up money over the course of six months to get that cart they really want. These are people with money. So, I mean, to this guy, he looks at it and goes, well, okay, shit, I'm only going to end up missing 50 games, and I've got the cash, so click. But it was bidding. So, yeah. I mean, I don't even, I, I don't know. It's, I, I wish the the identity were, the identities were not hidden because it would be, it'd be nice to see how many different bidders there were, if it was just two or three that were just both insane, or if there's any shill stuff going on here, I have no idea. Sure. It, it could be shill bidding, I, I don't know. But, to all the collectors out there, this is not the way to get, plus there's no joy in it, we always say there's no joy in that. No. This person's gonna sell this. They're gonna sell it. I don't know when they're gonna do it, they're, they're gonna be out of it. <laughs> yes, it's, 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 it's a tourist buying this, they're gonna be out of the, 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 the they're gonna lose, the, they're gonna play every game, they're going to decide that they're not. Are they? Uh, maybe. They, they might. And then either they're going to play every game and decide that they don't care anymore and sell it all back off. Uh, unless there's some rich guy that says, I want a wall of NES games. I want it right. now. I want it now. Maybe he's paving his bathroom tile with you know what? NES games. Uh, that could be my new job. I can procure, your, procure, procure you any, an NES set if you pay me. I will get you an NES set. I will go out and find it. That'd be a fun job. Like Indiana Jones searching for an NES set. Do-do-do-do. Mm-hmm. But would you get the license or unlicensed Temple of Doom? Both. You have to have everything. Depends if you want to get the variants. 
<laughs> well, we'll we'll end that one on a whimper. Yeah. So, continuing with our Festival D Nintendo, um, the Smash demo came out last week, sure. and uh, well, last week for Platinum, and this week for everyone else, and um, I got a code for myself and and one for Vani from people whose names I'll keep private because I don't know if they. I don't know if they want to be private or not, but thank you to both the people who gave me those two codes. Um, anyways, the demo is a lot of fun. Uh, it only gives you one level, as most people who are listening to this by now probably know. It's it only ta- gives you one time level. Game. It's a time game, not a stock game. Uh, but it does give you a pretty neat selection of characters, because it gives you Mario, Pikachu, and Zelda, which are three classics that a lot of people like. And then it gives you two of the newer characters. It gives you uh, the Animal Crossing Villager, and it gives you Mega Man. Which are two ones that are, are which are two new, a lot. Yeah. which are two new characters, yeah. and uh, you know I'm having more fun with it than I actually remember having with Smash Brothers in the past. Maybe it's because I've been playing it with Vani. Um, maybe it's because I'm just trying to get into it a little bit more deeply while still having fun with items and stuff. But I've played quite a bit of the demo, and uh, I've been using Pikachu, who has always been one of my shock. Which has always been one of my mains. Sean, use the cute little freaking yeah, fuzzy four-year-old would want to use his character. Yeah. Yes. I wish I was Pikachu. <laughs> um, I, I wish I was an asexual yellow little animal. Yeah, electric mouse. They can be male and female. Um, <laughs> God, I don't want to picture that. Anyways, uh, so... You know, I, I, I've already noticed, you know, certain balance tweaks, like, you know, when Pikachu calls down the thunder, it doesn't hit as wide of a range. Mm. Um which is which is probably good for most people that I would fight against. Uh, Vani's been using the villager almost entirely because that's who she, she loves the fact seems, that they put the villager in there. Seems like a co- little complicated character to use. Yes. Almost like Ness a little bit, how a little harder to jump around, but probably very powerful you can master. Yeah, but she definitely wants to get good with villager. Um, she's been beating my ass at that game pretty solidly, which is unsurprising. But yeah, I've been enjoying it a lot, and... Um, I'm really looking forward to it, and I will definitely be buying both the 3DS and the Wii U versions. Do you like the thumb pad? How does it feel? Well, I think the thumb pad feels fine, but you haven't talked yet on this topic, so go ahead, because I know you don't like it. It feels mushy. It feels like... The best way to describe it is that it almost feels like there's too much time to go from the middle to the edge. And the time for it to retreat back, if that makes any sense. Sure. It's just a little bit slower than using a joystick. You know what I mean? So it's like, it doesn't feel as responsive to me. I'm sure if I played it for a lot, I get used to it. But it just doesn't feel right. It just it just didn't feel natural to me versus using uh, a thumb pad or you can't use a D-pad because there's analog in this. But I think that's why, I guess, they're going to come out with a new 3DS. So people, if you want to be an expert 3DS player, you're going to have to get the, you know get the new 3DS. Not necessarily. I mean, plenty of people do fine with the smashes where you just hit the direction and the button at the same time. Um, I think this is why de- demos exist. So you can play through it. Yeah, I, I, don't, well, I don't know if well, Nintendo will change anything, but really, that's a minor tweak. And that's, a, that's a very minor well, tweak that you can patch, which is simply change it so that, it has, so that the, the analog has a more D-pad, a more digital style feel so that there's less throw before action. Or, or change the sensitivity. That's options. what I'm saying. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. I, I can maybe get on board with that. So maybe that you don't have to go to the entire edge in order to do the... Usually what? Smash is like three different sort of speeds to when you crawl, or actually four almost, where you go really slow, medium, and then you run. But yeah, change the sensitivity around, and I mean, I've heard, um, you know, because it's not a standard analog stick, because you are slamming the entire 
weight of it into the the the, uh, the support. Sure. There have been people online talking about how they've broken their circle sticks, but th- I mean, to that I say that's not really Nintendo's fault. No. That's that's stop raging out so hard on Smash yeah, Brothers. Yeah, that's not that's not Nintendo's fault because you can pull off the move without really freaking forcing right, the thing. Right. There's no. If that was wear and tear, <laughs> if that was wear and tear. That's fine, but I don't think that's where I think that's just being really, yeah, forcing it. There's no sensor on the stick part of the the analog. I mean, it, it's not detecting your smash by you literally smashing the circle yeah. pad. You know, that's silly. But again, I don't think I would buy a new system or new handheld just for the one game. But this is still going to sell like hotcakes either way. Because even even the fact that I didn't I didn't play it with uh, uh, Pro Jared. He actually got the the full one early, um, the full version. But I was tempted just to say, oh, we'll just walk around and play it against each other. So you go to these conventions, how awesome is that? You just pull it out, pull out the 3DS, and you can have five other people around you ready to play it. You know what I mean? That, that to me, sounds really freaking cool. I mean, I know you can do that with uh, all the Mario Karts on, the, on the, the DS and 3DSs, but for a, a fighter, that's really cool. Well, in Smash is Smash. I mean, it's, it's hugely popular. Um I've kind of noticed some of the the play on like the Mario Kart Seven has dropped since, which was the 3DS one mm-hmm. dropped since Mario Kart Eight came out because Mario Kart Eight is Amazing. way more balanced and far yeah. better. However, um, if they're going to keep at least mechanics wise both the 3DS and the Wii ver- Wii U versions essentially the same, yeah, you're going to. I think it's very easy to sell even the curious, which is ch- which is kind of what I what I am because I've, I've mm-hmm. never fully jumped into Smash. It's really easy to sell the curious on two versions based on the fact that we've got one for when I have people who come over on Sundays and then we've got one for Magfest or when oh, for, yeah. you know for my buddies hang cuz my you know two of my coworkers Vani and I hang out all the time we all have 3DSs on us of course we're going to have Smash Brothers you can sit on the couches and play and have your own screen and yeah. you don't have to share the screen like you would with the with the uh, the Wii U one thing with the Wii U you probably one person with the pad one person looking at the TV which would be cool too so I'm looking forward to the Wii U one. I, I really think this will be, that'll be cool as well. I do too, especially um, because my faith in Nintendo has been restored with uh, how well the online works in Mario Kart 8. Yeah, it's pretty good. I feel like the online is going to be a lot better than uh, the Wii version of Smash Brothers. Now, um, did they did they get rid of the single player mode like they had in the Wii version? Like they had a whole whole storyline is that pretty much gone? Yes, they did. And my understanding of it was and. It sounds stupid, and I could be wrong, but my legitimately, my understanding is that they said they weren't going to do the story mode because when they did it on the Wii, all the cutscenes got uploaded, and Beforehand? people could just watch them before when the mm. instead of playing through the game. So why would they make a story mode? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's translation or just weird logic, but I mean, it that just goes. Over yeah. my head, I I don't get it. Nintendo's kind of weird about that stuff. It's, it's they can do whatever they want though. It's their product, obviously. But I think they're being a little too secretive. I mean, they they already have like, uh, um, what is it called? They're not, they're not allowing people to speak out on even the, the characters that are in the game, like secret cat. Like they're doing a weird shit, telling like reviewers they can't tell they can't tell like what's unlockable even or things like that. Or they're just being weird. Whatever. Uh, we, we, well, I guess we even want to talk about it, but Duck Hunt Dog is confirmed, obviously, at this point, so that's really cool. Yeah. They're taking a chance. They got Rob back in there. so I don't think Rob left. Rob was in the last one. But, I mean, people thought he'd be gone. Oh, okay. The only ones they got rid of were, were the Ice Climber people, which which they said, they actually gave a good reason why they're eliminated. Hmm. They basically said that they didn't think they could pull off 
if they could, if basically, if say, if four people selected it, having eight characters on the screen, mm. you know I what mean, I mean? Yeah, I mean, which makes it makes sense. They could have been too much. I can't remember the other person they eliminated. God, there was one other. Some guy with the sword, probably. No, it it no. upset me that they got rid of the ice climbers because I just thought it was a cute idea. It was how cute. It worked. Um, I would have just made it to one then. But I also know they were exploitable characters yes. in the GameCube version, and so I mean, you know, it, it's like any fighting game. Um, I know we've had the discussion. Is it a fighting game? But like any fighting game, roster changes happen. That's so that's that's. It's a fighting game. Yeah, you would have argued that about six months ago. It's a party fighting game, but it's a fighting Whatever. game. Whatever. Uh, it's not a fight. What, what, what genre do you think it is? It's a it's a it's a fighting game. Macaroni. Macaroni. But no, I mean they've only dropped a, a few characters over all these iterations, so that's that's commendable if they kept this huge yeah. roster of. Now, well, that's, and that's what I'm getting what, at. Three, four dozen characters now. Jesus, I play tons of fighting games, and, and boohooing over the loss of a character yeah. is is part of liking that type of game. Yeah, you get over it. Maybe they'll bring it back for uh, the the Super Wii U or whatever dumb name they decide to do the next any uh, next Nintendo console in order to not sell as many copies as they should of it. We're going to talk some wrestling. We haven't done this in a while. We are, and I'm kind of excited about it. Um, (laughs) So, Night of Champions, I have not watched the whole pay-per-view. Awesome. But um, I will say that what I watched was great, so I'm going to let Pat take over very quickly here. uh, Well, I'm going to talk about the main event and what that... Well, that's going to lead up to. I just want to talk, yeah, very quickly about the tag match was fantastic. The Usos, Stardust, and Goldust, that was really, really great. Um, I love the fact, and this is mostly from my time watching NXT. Fucking watch NXT. I have. To, I should watch it. You really? Need I did. To. I did watch uh, Kenta Arrival. They, yeah. They changed. They changed his name. I think it was his decision for some reason. No, they made it look like his decision. They changed everyone's name so that they can own the gimmick. That's ridiculous. He's a, he's a he's one of the biggest stars in the world, and Kenta is such an awesome name. Just one. It's like Madonna. Kenta. Yeah. We'll change the name to Iwata something that. So generic, you know. Just what well, the, no. He said it was like it was. It was. It yes. was his. It was his idol or whatever. Anyway, I, I don't know. The whole point was I saw him come in. If they if they play him right and they if they bring uh, Kenta in as not a your stereotypical Japanese wrestler with the chopstick song, if they have him just come in as a badass guy who basically Daniel Bryan, CM Punk took the moves from that guy. It, it'll be awesome. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, anyway. t- I mean, CM Punk basically took everything from Kenta. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, so the tag match was great. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. I'm just happy to see that the tag division is exciting again in the WWE. I never liked tag matches in the WWF because they booked them so poorly and they had such shitty tag teams. But between NXT and the the lower card tag wrestlers of the WWE, we have really good tag matches again with great flow and good psychology. So I do like that. Yeah, I'd say the past few years the tag team vision has come back. And then I did see the whole um, uh, Seth Rollins come out, you know, and uh, obviously Roman Reigns couldn't wrestle because of emergency surgery, so they mm-hmm. had, you know, Dean Ambrose's return. And uh, as a huge fan of Dean Ambrose, you know, Vonnie and I just watched and laughed as, you know, this psycho is just going apeshit, jumping off of everything. And, no, you know, yeah. that was great. So that leads into the main event, which I already know about. So, I mean, please so, talk about. <coughs> I figured that Lesnar would keep the title. It wouldn't make any sense for him to destroy uh, Cena and then lose it next month. But how are they going to do it interestingly? That was my Yeah, question. I thought, yeah, I, I wouldn't have booked it like this. 
Um, the more I think about it, the, the less I like it, just because it makes Lesnar look weak after he made him look so strong. Well, good. Let him look weak. He's a piece of shit. Separate real person from storyline, Ian. I think, I, I think he's a piece of shit in both. Okay. Oh, I disagree. Anyway, so basically, uh, Cena got in, over the course of the match, went back and forth this time out. He didn't just get destroyed. Got in like four a, uh, AAs, Attitude Adjustments Finisher. The first one only got like a one count, supposedly. Um, and then the, the more and more has got on, he hit him more and more. And so when he, after he hit the fourth one, he didn't go for the, just back over the pin. And then Rollins comes in with the money in the bank and smashes Cena, DQ, but then tries to cash it in against Lesnar, which is really, at least that seemed like a pretty cool twist. Right. Because Lesnar was kind of the authority's guy to beat Cena, um, which was going to be Daniel Bryan before Daniel Bryan got hurt. Um, so didn't, but right before the bell rang, though, Ambrose comes back and beats the shit out of him. So after, I think Cena does too, though. Whatever. So the whole point is that you, 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 you Cena was made to look strong to come back. The problem is is that on Raw, you have Cena come out and say, I had the title won. You can't say that because then it makes your champion look weak, especially when Lesnar was not only on not on Raw, Heyman wasn't on Raw either, which is just inexplicable. Have a night after the pay-per-view, you don't have the champion. Well, that's how you don't put the fucking belt on someone like Lesnar, no. who isn't going to be on Raw. Well, then you can't blame Lesnar. That's not his fault, but they should have had Heyman there. Yes, to yes talk it is. He di- he's dictating that. He's dictating that in his conditions. Lesnar's not dictating being the champion. That's up to the WWE to put the belt on him or not. That's I'm not sure him. he had some say in his comeback as to what he got to do. No, because because he didn't get the champ. He hasn't gotten the, he hasn't gotten close to the championship so, the last three years. So he's been he, a part time. So he's choosing to. So so he's not the one choosing to not be on TV basically ever. No, he is. He has that in his contract. The number of appearances. But WWE could have said, "Screw you. We're not putting the title on you." But there's no one else to put the title on to, to be interesting right now. There's no one else to build towards WrestleMania. So basically, this is what it comes down to. Though is now the WWE is in trouble. Because they have with CM Punk gone. Can I just get this out? Can I can I just say this right now, please? Have you ever like eaten a lot of fiber and taken like the perfect shit? You know, it's just it's just perfect. Well, I don't know what constitutes perfect shit, but where are you going with just, this? Mean? Uh, that's what Lesnar looks like, only pale. <laughs> this is my main reason why I don't like Brock Lesnar. He uh, looks like a turd in the ring. <laughs> And he's a turd in real life. You understand he was a champion amateur wrestler, right? Yes, so I do understand that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. He's also fucking boring in you, the you ring. You remember the awesome matches he's he put on, on the stick. with Angle? The, the incredible matches he I'm put on I'm going to hand that to Angle. Oh, so it was just Angle then. It wasn't Lesnar at all. Lesnar doesn't impress me. Okay. You are you are in the vast minority when it comes to that opinion. I'm in so the vast minority that Lesnar is unimpressive. Know. Yes. Oh, yeah. You definitely are. But, but here's the problem. Uh, before you got me sidetracked with a uh, talk about sh- fiber shit. What do you? What are you? AVGN. <laughs> um. So so basically, no. basically now, uh, Brian's gone. The good news is that uh, Brian supposedly Daniel Brian does not. Our good neighbor Pacific Beach does not have to get a second surgery, which yep. is very good because that would probably push his back three more months. So I think, I think how it looks now is he might be back for Survivor Series. If not Survivor Series, he'll be back for the Rumble. So. Uh, Roman Reigns had emergency surgery on Saturday, the day before, uh, hernia surgery. Bad. It sounded yeah. like, I mean, my dad had hernia surgery where it was like, yeah, I'll make an appointment for two weeks. No, no, he had to be rushed to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So something like got ruptured. If you know what a hernia is, it's basically your freaking intestines poking out, poking th- out through like your freaking abdomen. That's not good. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I've pulled my groin before and, and thought it was a hernia because it's like that painful. But no, it's it's worse. I think it's worse. So he's out for several months. Yeah. He's out. It's, this, is a, this is a hernia where like, this isn't like a, a simple sports hernia where guys are lifting, they get it and they're back within like a, a couple months. This sounds like something where he can't be, even be like doing anything for months. So... Um, it's bad for him because he's he was getting you know big pops in the crowd, and it, I personally don't think he was ready to be a main eventer. People were saying, "Oh, you'll face Lesnar at WrestleMania," so now they're in a pickle because now your options are uh, you you have to push someone up to that main event between now and WrestleMania to go for the title. And who is is that? Is that Ambrose? I say sure, give him a chance, see what happens. If you want to do that, um, if you want to turn Bray White face, give him a chance. I don't see that happening personally. Daniel Bryan comes back, and you do what you should have did last year, have him win the Rumble and reclaim his belt that was stripped from him. So he has he has a right to try to get it back, right. basically. Like in the UFC, if a guy gets injured and they give it to an interim, cha- interim champ, when that guy comes back from injury, he goes for it. Daniel Bryan, at least in the storyline, that makes sense, that he has a chance. And the authority can say, well, you're a B-plus player. You have to earn it, so they put him in the Rumble, which would be great. And having having him versus Lesnar would be great. I mean, I said that before, it would be an awesome match. Or... You get the Rock back and have two part timers, which, which you would love, go for the championship. Which I, I would, don't see possible. I hate that. I don't see that happening. I like, like the Rock, but I don't like part timers. And such that the Rock got injured after his last match with with, with Cena, uh, Cena last year. I, I don't. I don't see that happening. I mean, the, the yeah. fact of the matter is, they need someone now. They don't have anyone. I think Ambrose. Well, yeah, I don't know who they push up against Lesnar. I think. They're going to have to feed Lesnar guys for the next five, six months. Basically, that's basically what it comes out to. But, but they don't have a well, choice. And the, and the problem, yeah, but, yeah, but I'm not all. I, I I can't be all boo-hoo for them because they have plenty of good wrestlers that they could have built up that they've been shitting on. Well, well, like, like Ziggler, you mean and uh, Cesaro? And I and Cesaro I do like, is, I do like Ziggler. Cesaro was the probably biggest misfire I've seen in the past. Well, before Daniel Bryan, before they corrected that huge misfire with did Cesaro. You, I mean, did you? I mean, huge the misfire. fucking I, and like I even kind of I, I, I will admit right now, and it's not a popular thing. I kind of like Sheamus. I do, but that he's had his time though. He, he's but he's had his time. Yeah. That match, the Cesaro Sheamus match, was one. It was I got I was getting so angry and like I I, I kind of had to explain it to Vani because she she understands the wrestling perfectly, but. You do not let Cesaro have multiple offensive rushes like he did and have someone like Sheamus kick out every time because you have effectively buried that wrestler. Um, they made him look weak as fuck. He still, I mean, he still looks strong most of the Raws. He, he manhandles people. Yeah, but The th- problem with Cesaro is that, again, and this goes back to, I, I would hate to be a professional wrestler, not just because uh, the, the injury of body, body, it sounds like... You can be successful, get yourself over, and you still get buried. That, and that's that's what I would that's what I wouldn't be able to put up with. Because a guy like Cesaro, just from the fact that he has insane superhuman strength, he's the strongest guy, pound for pound. He got himself over because he's a good worker, always was on a good match. Um, then they finally give him a chance with that battle royal at WrestleMania. Freaking lifts the big show halfway across the ring, not just from over, lifts him and walks with them. That's pure strength. It's ridiculous. And so he puts on good matches. Yeah, oh no, he's not the best in the mic. I don't care. He, he He's decent at being that that foreign sort of villain. But he was getting over as a face. They stick him with Heyman. Okay, fine. You want to be, make him heal again? That's fine. So what do they do with that? After a few months, they reverse that. And, yeah. then, and with no explanation, he's asked out. So they could have built that towards a whole even Cesaro versus Lesnar thing. 
you know, maybe they're fighting over each other because they're both Paul Heyman guys. That's gone. That's now. what I was really hoping for. And now that's gone because then, because I then, think, yeah, cause I really thought where it was going to go initially yeah. because and, because after WrestleMania, um, Lesnar definite heel. Cesaro was already, I mean, full head face steam. Like, just I mean, there. he was yeah, just, he was, he was going. And it's not even his strength. I mean, he is amazingly strong. But, you know, you watch the match from Knight of Champions. He's pulling off moves he's never done before. Yeah. I mean, his, his move vocabulary, his ability to get around the ring. I mean, he's an insanely good wrestler, and he's losing to Sheamus. And like I said, I like Sheamus, but, I, dude, yeah. he's he's four years ago. This this sounds like, this is a, it sounds like a political thing. This, this, is, this is what it sounds like with this. This sounds like a Ryback thing where Ryback was on top of the world and they cut him out from under him and said, you know, it, it, Ryback's been nowhere for the past, like, year and a half, two years. Uh, whether or not you like the people, if they get over, you you use the wrestlers that get over that make you money. Bottom bottom line, if you know, if you... That's how I run a wrestling business. I don't care who gets over. If you get over and people want to see you, you're going to be featured. Yeah, and, and maybe that's why we're not running promotions, but, I mean, I've, I've, that's how I've always felt. It should be obvious... The heel, the people who get the most heel heat and the people who get the most face pop, yeah, are the people who go over. And no, you don't always give the obvious outcome, but those are the people you push to the top. And yeah, those are the those are your headliners. You, those yes. are who you make matches out with. You know, it's, those are the head, those are the ones that make money. Right. The, the, the money makers are the one that that gets pushed. That's the problem though. Nowadays, is World Wrestling Entertainment isn't a wrestling company anymore. No. It's this huge conglomerate that does movies. It does a bunch of TV and the app. So. The wrestling and pushing the wrestlers, that's like that doesn't even matter to that extent anymore. This isn't the 80s where that's how you make money solely is. Who's paying to see these events? That doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't, the, 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 the wrestling draws aren't what matter anymore. It's, it's the media side of it. You know, it's the entertainment side of it. It's who can we put in a movie that will put direct to DVD, you know, as a tax write-off or whatever, which is a shame. So, yeah, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I'm still sticking with my... With my prediction that Brian's going to come back and he'll headline against Lesnar next WrestleMania, I think that's the only thing right now that makes absolute sense to do. And I, I'm just going to leave this on the last top uh, on this note, which I've said to you before. Every time I watch a WWE pay per view, I see a couple good matches, but I'm more and more disappointed. I am never disappointed when I watch NXT. Just fucking watch it. It's an hour a week. Okay. It's an hour a week. I'll, you watch Raw. I'll and you Kenta. sit there and you go, well, this is garbage. No, no, yet, no. Yet no, you no. don't watch the good wrestling. Raw the past, I'd say, two years, there's always at least one or two really good matches on Raw. And I it, see it, there's it always went, at least two to four. It went from a point where in the Attitude Era you'd have two-minute matches. Now you might get a 20, 25-minute match on Raw. Like, yeah. it, it does. That is good. You know, it, it, no, the, uh, Raw, at least, the storylines might be crap. There might be, they might be pushing the right wrestlers. But, you know, you'll see a good... You might see Cesaro lose, but at least you'll see a good Cesaro match. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. But why are you guys talking about wrestling? It's fake. Fake. <laughs> you fucking People idiots. People don't fucking understand shit. <laughs> Q&A time. Uh, no, no, it's not. No. It, no, well, right. we, we, are, we are missing ooh. our... We are missing our... Our marquee topic. Our marquee topic. <laughs> <laughs> the main event. All right, everyone. So... Strap in. Here's some fun stuff. Uh... There's a, there's a lot to go with this, but we'll, we'll, we're, we're, we're probably going to keep it pretty slim. We'll try to synthesize the information here. This is very complicated. All right, so here's what happened. Retron 5 gets announced. You all know what this is by now, but if you don't, it's a multi-system console that runs off of emulation as opposed to uh, on-a-chip technology. 
When the Retron 5 was coming out, Pat and I had a lot of discussion about what the emulation was going to be done with. And we all kind of assumed that they could not possibly be writing emulators from the bottom yeah, up. Yeah, they, they weren't coding multiple they, emulators. They don't have the manpower. No. This would have to be... Uh, they would have to be paying licensing fees to popular emulators, probably like, you know, uh, SNES 9X. Or Nestopia. Or, or something FCE, like... UX, right. which I use for NES. Yeah. So, anyway, the Retron 5 gets cracked a couple days ago, and uh, what do you know? Our friends at Hyperkin uh, are totally using code that they basically stole and are making a profit off of, um... Under the explicit uh, and like the user license agreements that say that they cannot. So, for instance, uh, that example about SNES 9X, it is actually the emulator that is running in Retron 5, and no, no one got paid for it. No licensing was bought, and they are making money off of something that they explicitly cannot make yes. money off of. So, parts of their front end were stolen. I mean, this has. This, potential to sink a company like this is this is civil suit stuff right and it, this is a lot of money potentially coming out of their be, pocket because even if something is open source doesn't mean you could do whatever you want with it there there are license agreements even for quote-unquote free software well lots of open source is to be used expressly under the conditions that you don't make money off of it so this is the problem with this besides the fact that they not only didn't license it the fact that they're making a commercial product using this stuff they didn't attribute any of it either no so hyperking got called out on this and they finally released it uh, i think uh, yesterday on their site saying finally they should have did this up front at the very least um they're using source code from the following open source projects vbam uh genesis plug gx fceu which I guess is part of the one I FCUX, probably a version of it. Yeah. And SNES 9X, one of the oldest and best Super Nintendo emulators. Doesn't even say the rest of them, though. That, right. that, that, they're missing a few systems here. The Game Boy ones, I have no idea. Anything else. And then, and then one of the conditions for sometimes uh, using these open sources, like if you, you have to provide the source code that you're using. Right. And so they've now, on September 23rd, providing source code uh, so people can look at it. They put out a message, Hyperkin. The source code is for each of these projects is copyright the respective authors who are identified in the corresponding source files. We endeavor to abide by the terms and conditions of each of the corresponding open source licenses. Should you be should you be one of the developers of a direct legal or a direct legal representative of one of the copyright holders of any of the aforementioned projects and feel that the software is being used in violations of its of its license, then please get in touch with us via email to discuss the matter further. So they are hoping probably that nothing's going to happen at this. It's going to be, well, these are small guys that are not going to go after us. They're playing dumb. They're, they're ho- playing dumb. They're yes. playing dumb, and they're hoping that the people who hold the power to basically yeah. take them to court don't have the money to take them to court. This is um, still... This is intellectual property. This Just because you create an emulator, which is totally legal, by the way, I don't want to hear any bullshit like, whoa, emulators yeah. are legal. No, creating an emulator is totally legal yes. to create an emulator. The fact of the matter is, you create that, you own that, you own that intellectual property. That's yours, so you can decide what you do with it. So if you put a license on it saying this is how it is to be used, it's free, but you cannot include it in a commercial product. That has to be abided by by law, right? So this isn't this isn't like this isn't like well, who cares stuff. This you, is legal stuff. You read, I mean, when you read that their letter. 
They say, if you feel... They're totally playing dumb, as if they can't open their own fucking eyes and read... I mean, I haven't used an emulator in ages, but something like SNES 9X used to, like, open with, like, a little window that said, this cannot be... I think it was SNES 9X, you know, or maybe it was Nesticle. This cannot be included in any commercial sale, and you have to click OK to go through. You know, like, this is not information that is... That is not um, available within the emulator that they're using. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you you open the about window or the help window, and it's going to be right there. So offering that up as an apology, or as like two months after, is like offering someone a glass of lukewarm piss when they're thirsty. It's stupid. It's I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So, so I was alerted to this by a few different people. It's like three or four people, basically, and they they basically ran down because I don't know a lot about. Uh, these licenses, I don't know a, a lot about the, this GPL stuff, uh, but there are stuff, uh, there are foundations for, I guess, open source software that take this very seriously. Oh, yeah. There have been lawsuits in the past, I'm guessing, yes. to go after companies that have basically stolen uh, open source code and used it. I don't understand the, some of the various levels and things like that, but I mean, I understand that this is usually going to work out in the favor of the person who is making the complaint if they make the complaint. I think part of it. Part of this is the fact that, um, I guess it's called the TVOization. I've, I've been seeing that term, the TVOization of software. So basically what that means is you are taking open source software and then restricting how it's used in your own program. Right. Which goes against the entire spirit of how it was intended to be used. So I guess this is the foundations of the GPL here. Um, nobody should be restricted by the software they use. There are four freedoms that every user should have. The freedom to use the software for any purpose. The freedom to change the software to suit your needs. The freedom to share the software with your friends and neighbors. And the freedom to share the changes you make. Um, so well, not only are they charging for it, but they're also basically jailhousing all the they're functions. Ja- they're jailhousing something they don't own. Right. When a program offers all of these freedoms, we call it free software. So they're taking free software and then restricting everything for, for profit, which is totally going against... So I'm not saying... I'm not, I'm not a legal expert at all, but it sounds like since this is over multiple people being violated, and we're talking, these are not just a single individual, these could be multiple people that work in this over well, the years. Well, SNES too. 9X itself was, I mean, kind of like a, a, a relay baton. It was handed off from programmer to programmer to programmer. Going I mean, the late 90s? Going yeah, I mean, from, from, yeah, from the mid to late 90s all the way to, like, I would say... It did end up. I think. I think the project finished. I don't think they're still working on it. But um, yeah, I mean, there's multiple. Like, if they if they wanted to write this just for the SNES 9X part, they would have to find all of the different programmers that had worked on it and work out either an agreement, get a signature that it was okay, pay them yeah. a certain amount of money. And I mean, that's hard enough to do. Not to mention all the other emulators that are on the system. Yeah. So it sounds like they never even went to these guys and asked permission. No. Be like, hey, can we do this? If they did that, okay, you might be able to get away with it. They might have still, they might, they might have said no, because hey, because you say you're, you're jailhousing the software and you're restricting how we intended it to be open and free. And you know. you know, a lot of people who make emulators, they weren't doing it to play free games. Just like you know, hackers have this. Uh, you know, people think hackers are all about stealing data. These are no. people who just want to know the in and out of every aspect of a machine or a system or a computer. You know, for them, it was a quest of knowledge to get, you know, to see how, see the guts of it and see how it worked. So they are likely to be very upset that you are restricting aspects of it. So it, it sounds like 
this there's going to be legal ramifications. It's it sounds like that. There's either going to be uh, lawyers will probably be contacted at least. So this could be something where an injunction might be. They might go to a judge and just say we want these Retron fives not sold. Yeah, we want them off the shelf before even a lawsuit happens. It's possible. It could it could happen. So I mean, at that point, uh, you might get to a point where you won't have a Retron five on the shelf. So. And, and it could also be obviously monetary damages to Hyperkin because they broke broke the uh, open source agreement for multiple multiple software. Yeah. Alleg- allegedly, of course, all alleged at this point. Uh, but I got an email from someone that spelled it out, and these are guys that I guess they wanted to wait. They probably figured going back, these guys probably figured there was some shit going on, but they wanted to crack it and see the source code to be sure and get evidence. Well, yeah. even you and I, who aren't we programmers, we like, always were like, "Well, where the fuck is the emulation coming yes. from?" Where is it coming from, and who are they license it from? Because and, it was it was never and, told. And now we know, and we've even named some of it properly, which yes. is stupid. Front ends, GPL violations. Ah, uh, jeez. Oh, hyperkin. I mean, I don't know. I it's hard for me to feel any sort of bad for them with all the delays and. No, I mean, I I feel bad because these are decisions that are made probably from the very top, not to do it. I mean, and so you have the guys working on it, the grunts working on it. They don't. I just don't I, then again, it. it sounds like they're just hacking together. This, they're not programming themselves. They're just hacking this together from all the existing software. I, so I, it actually didn't even sound that difficult. I don't. You feel, know? Yeah, right. So why did we get the year delays? You know, I mean, I feel, and, I, and also I don't, I don't feel like Hyperkin's a big company. I mean, this could you, be. You, you see the same guy in every video that's defending delays and stuff like that. You know, and I mean, it's like well, this could be something that can put company under. Yeah, it potentially could. If they get if they get a lawsuit for hundreds of thousands of dollars, that could be it. Done. We'll see what happens. And now it's time for a little Q&A, just a little Q&A with you and me. All right. So, <clears throat> Rob at VHS Trash, Pat and Pixicle, do you think text-based games will ever make a comeback? In a mainstream way, no. I don't, I don't think we'll ever get to the point again where we'll have Infocom putting out $40 games on the shelf that you go... You won't go and buy a text game for your Wii U or Xbox One ever again. I don't think that's going to happen. They will um, not make a major comeback like that. However, uh, languages like Twine and the interactive fiction community are still alive and well. Um, if you want to play text-based games, you definitely can. And the aforementioned Twine um, seems like it's been a pretty big hit with people and has made uh, text-based adventures with some pictures yeah. if you want very easy to make again so people sure. have gotten into it yeah I mean I could make a, a choose your own adventure thing you know in high school I knew how to program that at least they're simple to program so for that I guess it'll never die out but I mean for terms of commercially they're yeah probably not going to be seen again next question is a WE one which we kind of answered already about the loss of Roman Reigns what do you think uh, WD should book in his place. And that was by <laughs> Zach Ninel W. At this, Hi, at this point, there's really no one to book. Uh, and, and you have to build up Ambrose uh, uh, or Daniel Bryan when he comes back. That, I, that's I, it. I feel like Ambrose is the only one that's active right now, and it's going to take months to build him up to that caliber. Luke Aaron at Hexagon. What are some of the worst shipping stories that you've both had? Um,. Oh man! For me, it was when I moved out here. Uh, I had my turntables shipped out here. Uh, they were Technique 1200s. They still are because they're tanks. Um, 
And they were wonderfully packed by my mother with foam and bubble wrap, and they were just perfectly packaged. Mm -hmm. I could tell by the way they they showed up, except for the fact that it looked like a metal pipe or something had come crashing down on one side of the box. Oh, wow. And they just left it. There was actual rips in the cardboard. I could see the bubble wrap and the foam peanuts coming out, and they actually left the package like this. So someone dropped something on it? It looked like Uh, someone dropped something on it. And And then it was just sitting there on it? And when I opened it up, the top, um, the shell over the top was completely shattered. Oh. Of course, the first thing I did was fucking panic, you know, plug it in, check the pitch and the quartz lock and everything, check a couple of records, and, you know, the turntable worked fine, um, you know, a claim was made, but, uh, you know, just thinking about that, if that had happened today, they don't make techniques anymore, if that sort of, you know, problem happened, yeah. they suppose they're going to again, but replacing just that plastic shell, the dust shell, is like, hundred bucks. Sure. You know, luckily it happened at a point in time where it was replaceable for fifteen. We're shipping stores. There's been a lot. Yeah, mm. you've had way more than me. This year, I've had three in a row that not getting stuff, which never happened. I almost never had lost mail until this year. But I've had uh, systems, mostly systems. I know it's hard to find boxes for stuff sometimes. That doesn't mean you ship my Odyssey too to me. Just taping the outside of the box with that, <laughs> with that awful brown packing tape too. You know I that brown, about you know that, that yeah. brown packing tape, which I think was outlawed because it's the worst thing ever. It's right there. Yeah, it's like that twenty five before they had the clear packing tape. They had the brown packing tape. Yeah, and um, then I, I basically then talked to guy like, like what like basically what the hell? Oh, it's just a system. I said, dude, part of the value is the box. You destroyed the box. That also happened with a. Uh, one of the things I don't have that you'd be surprised because I love this sort of stuff is I don't have a Magnavox Odyssey uh, rifle uh, because I did get one one time and the box was destroyed because they taped the whole it was absolutely obliterated um, so I had it I shipped it back to I them remember that um, that pissed me off that happened also with one or two other boxes uh, that, that happened to where they taped on the outside in terms of carts they're usually they were usually um, well packed I've had though I have had carts packed in just a freaking envelope before i think i had a game boy game sent in a, like a white envelope like people steal games sometimes that'd be the easiest thing um i had a comic book sent an expensive comic book sent not it, it didn't have a backing board oh my god it was sent in like at least they did this they put it in one of those like priority you know those priority flat rate ones they put it in that then put it in something else but there was no bubble right this is a comic book worth hundreds of dollars right and i got a good deal on it so i don't think it was damaged but who it's like, come on, really? Yeah, Vonnie always gets really, really nervous when it comes to ordering comics online. She won't do it, and I had to order a comic for her. It wasn't worth. It should be bubble wrap. It wasn't worth a ton, but it mm-hmm. was just a. It was just a. It, it was to finish off a series that she sure. had in singles. So I ordered it for, her and like it came immediately packed. You okay. know, like they they had bag boarded it, then they had done up this weird cardboard thing around it yeah, to make sure, sure it stayed stiff Bubbles and then they put around. it in a bubble envelope yeah. and they shipped it and I was like That's okay sufficient. this is cool but like I mean I, I am sure that anyone who's super into comics has horror stories about ordering them via mail and then recently uh, I I had a I ordered a Neo Geo Pro controller which was a CD controller and then it showed up unclaimed on the tracking number the next day it showed up unclaimed so they tried to deliver it the next day it was unclaimed which does never happens it, it, even if you get delivery confirmation, they usually try to they, they get, leave a note or they try to uh, come back again or schedule it. So I go to the post office, and this is just the, the, the local post office, terrible customer service for the most part. 
at the lo- my local post office. I like our local post office. It's I, just I, slow. I I've had really bad experiences. Um, so I go to the guy. I'm like, all right, uh, here's the number, tracking number. It says unclaimed. Uh, so he's like, oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's very unusual. The carrier did that. The carrier marked it unclaimed. They're not supposed to do that. So I'm thinking, great. My carrier is a Neo Geo collector and stole my freaking joystick. So I say to him, okay, so you can probably track it, right? You, you know who did that. Get in touch with, the, with the, the carrier and find out. They never did that. I didn't hear, I didn't hear back from them. They had my phone number. I come back a week later. The same freaking guy working there. I, I, I tell him the story. I said, hey, you helped me out last week. Here's the tracking number. What happened? And then he looked at me like I was absolutely out of my fucking mind. Like He looked at me like I was bothering him over my missing mail. So I never heard back from it. The good news is that, though, uh, the, the, the fine people at Analog saw my distress on Twitter and sent me one of their nice wood uh, Neo Geo controllers. So, so thank you, Analog, for sending me that. Yep. Brandon Pascoa. At B. Pascoa. Are aftermarket gamepads even worth it anymore? Um, I think it really depends on what you're referring to. Um, there are some, I mean, fight sticks are technically aftermarket, fight pads are technically aftermarket, and I think a lot of those are very good. Um, especially the, you know, as much as Mad Cats gets shit on, their TE sticks are quite nice. Um, I also think as far as, um, retro systems go, and as time goes on, I mean, the need for aftermarket pads increases. There's a lot of crap ones. I mean, there really is. There's a lot of garbage ones, but for instance, I'm going to try not to advertise the brand. You can ask me online if you want, but there is actually an aftermarket N64 controller that I truly like more than the original Nintendo Why 64. Why can't you say what it is? Well, it, it's the Yobo controller. Yeah, yeah, the it, ones that come in the shells, the clam clam shells. It's thing? the one. No, it's the one that we. It's one of the ones that we saw at work. We saw a couple different aftermarket ones at work. It doesn't look anything like a Nintendo sixty four controller, but it's fairly comfortable okay. to hold. But it uses like a PlayStation analog stick, oh, okay. so it doesn't blow out as fast as like the other ones do. In comparison to something like the, so people don't think I'm just fucking blowing shit we sell at the store, we sell a Hyperkin distributed Circa controller that looks just like the Nintendo the 64 shell. controller, yeah. but it feels like shit. Like, oh. I hate how it feels. So, you know, people always tell me they have problems with these Yobo controllers or they've read bad things, and I always explain to them, only people who have had bad experiences generally review stuff yes. online. And most people who have bought these Yobo controllers enjoy them. I used them last weekend to play a bunch of uh, WWF No Mercy with my buddies on an N64, and they work great. So, I mean, sometimes in certain instances, like where the Nintendo 64 controller wasn't built well to begin with, you're going to have to get used to some sort of aftermarket controller. Uh, this is from at Metallistad. It's like Amistad, but it's metal. Mm-hmm. Guys, what is your opinions on the whole instrument game genre? Influence slash despise slash loved? I'm guessing you're talking about uh, Guitar Hero and Rock Band for the most part, since that's the most well-known one by far. And that was a huge gaming fad for like three years. You know, from like, what, like 2006, 2009? It's still popular. As a matter of fact, it's, it's gaining in popularity again. It's coming back again? Yeah, I, I get calls... You know, whereas I had radio silence from people calling me for, for instruments and games for like a year, year and a half. Now every day at least I get people calling for Guitar Hero controllers. They're, they're picking it back up. They're controllers? Yeah, we give them away for free because I can't warranty them. So I just shuffle them out the door as fast as I can. If someone comes in, I don't pay them for them, and then I give them away for free. Um, I never played 
Guitar Hero. Well, I played Rock Band once and didn't enjoy it. Never played Guitar Hero. DJ Hero I thought was amusing when I I, I brought it home one night uh-huh. and I was like I'm just wondering, I'm gonna try this out right and I'm like fader this is interesting and then I looked over at all my real electronic music equipment yeah, and I was like, like what the fuck I'm like I'm just taking this back I don't think they're bad games and I don't think you're bad if you you enjoy them I just I never got into them I I'm much more interested in the ones that don't really pretend to be instruments like beat mania or pop and music or the ones that are popular in Japan like I like those more I just think I don't know I didn't like it when they got popular because uh, I used to go to the digital press store in New Jersey. It would have these once a month sort of gaming uh, meetups. And then it was dominated by people playing rock band, singing karaoke, basically, and playing fake music. And that was that for a while to me was the most popular sort of gaming stuff. And to me, I, I, I don't know. You say, well, it's a game. Yeah, sure, it's a game. It's just that to me, it's like playing a game of freaking Simon. You know, or follow. I, I don't know. I just well, never got into it. I like Simon, but that's fine. That shouldn't be <laughs> your dominant game genre. It's basically karaoke. I don't. It's know. a karaoke game. I mean, here's my thing. So I don't like a lot of the music they would put on something like Rock Band, right? Uh, but I do like Beat Mania, and Beat Mania is all about hitting buttons to a rhythm. I like rhythm, okay? And Guitar Hero, say at really high levels not quite as crazy as Beat Mania, it does throw insane patterns at you. So there is skill involved. I just never got into the American versions of it because I didn't like the radio rock-oriented track listings. You know why I don't like it? The one thing about it? Because those games are the beginning and the end of a genre. That's it. That's it. That's what it is. That's as far as you, you came from. That's as far as you're going. That I just since it's that's that's why I don't like it. Okay, does that make sense? No. It's like a freaking Tiger LCD game for your for your system. That's it's, it's it's as simple and as complex as that. Yeah, but I mean, I hate I hate Konami for a for a lot of reasons. But I mean, they've been evolving their music games for a while. Well, no, they've stagnated now. I mean, Beat Mania, <laughs> Beat Mania 2DX was basically the end of of Konami doing music games. But I, I don't know. I mean, I I think that there are times where they are fun. Um, but the the whole rock versions of them, even the American like DJ versions of them, where they tried to make it more like playing the instrument, I like I couldn't I couldn't do it. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't like these things where you're simulating something for real, that much. Where you, I, I, I just you were the one who wanted silent service on the video game years. That's yeah. simulating yeah. something yeah. for real. Do I have a fucking periscope <laughs> and, and buttons on a thing? Fucking idiot! <laughs> I don't like these things where you're simulating you're, you're, something. We covered so many simulations that we didn't need to. You are simulating an instrument that you are playing, but you're but you're not playing it, and you're simulating being a wiener. All right, so Roach Queen, this is for Pat. You, AVGN, and the Cinema Snob all have snob all have asshole Robs. How did poor innocent Rob get such a bad reputation? I think is, is it, robots have a reputation for for turning evil at some point. I would agree, actually. But our our Robs are actually different. I believe the Cinema Snob one is more like the. I think he's like a over the top bad humor eighties ish. Rob, the one in James's uh, what was it? What was it? The hundredth uh, video was totally just m- like a mastermind world domination. And my Rob's more of just a dick. My Rob's more, or at least he was, 
that Rob was more just a snarky asshole. I turned him into, which I think, I think, I think out of all three, I'm going to start a war with the cinema snob. I, I think, I think, I think my Rob was the most complex. I, I'll say that. <laughs> okay, that's nice. Uh, mid boss at F1 mid boss. I'd like to hear about the scum fuck who called the store. That's a term that I use a lot online. So basically, God, I. I drink to forget. Um, there's a regular customer who is very nice. He wanted a Retron 5. He had some trade-ins to make. There was a traffic accident. He couldn't make it. Basically, they got there late. Tregan closed the store. I get a call at, like, 7.59. Hey, are you fucking listening? I'm talking about you. Um... I get a call, and this guy starts chewing me out about how uh, he listens to the podcast, and he's been a regular shopper at the store. No, he hasn't. Uh, for years. And, uh, you know, uh, they should be open, even though it's one minute to closing. And he's going to make sure that he uh, leaves a, a note on the uh, CU podcast page about, uh, you know, how Luna Video Games isn't what it portrays itself to be. And I'm like, well, sir, I'm very sorry. There's nothing I can really do about that. Um, unfortunately, you are threatening me, but I am here and open uh, now minutes after I should be closed, and I do apologize that the other store appears to have closed maybe a minute early, but there's nothing I can do. So then he asked me if I could stay open for an extra half an hour so he could come down and get the Retron 5, and uh, I said no. I said no, I said I have, I have a personal life. And I have wedding things that I need to plan with my fiance this evening. So he started making fun of me uh, for having a personal life and uh, for having a fiance that I needed to go see to to do, to to make wedding plans with. <laughs> so um, and he just talked a bunch of shit and basically said he was gonna post on all of your videos and he was gonna post all over the Facebook page about how no one should ever shop here because we're awful. And uh, then the good guy comes in the next day and is like, "Yeah, that's." Uh, that wasn't me, that was my brother. He got my phone, he's a meth head, and he showed us the scar. You stabbed your brother, you piece of shit. Um, stabbed him in the arm. Scar about this wide. About that long. So, <laughs> I'm back on the screen now. Um, so basically what we had was a guy who had an issue with you or something, we don't know why. And has has some issues. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He uh, didn't. He didn't care. According to his brother, he didn't care for my opinions on the podcast. Well, I don't care for your opinions either. And I have you here. I don't. I don't. I don't tell you to stay late for me. Eat my crusty asshole. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> I think your opinions suck too. Does mean I'm going to threaten you? This guy. Uh, yeah. So he just gave me the what for, and basically he made himself out to be a very angry customer when in fact he wasn't the customer at all. When his brother had gone to get gas for the car. He well, had grabbed his brother's phone and made a call and chewed me out. And, and this is this is what got me. The, the whole threat of, I'm going to post on videos, and it's like... Great, we'll block you. Yeah. Or great, right. I'll tell my whole story. But, but but the whole thing is that, and this is not for... Usually the fans in, in person aren't like this. No. But people think because they are, quote, a fan of you, that that can entitle them to treat you like shit, and, I, I, and to I, I, and and to expect no repercussions. For I want to I want to word this differently. 
because that's not my my interaction with fans at all. My interaction with people who are fans of the FOD, the FOD, the podcast, have always been <laughs> really great. They they really have. Yes, and I talked course. about that last week. But this guy decided that he could use that as a weapon. Yes. Oh well, because I, I listen mean. to the podcast, you have to bend to my every yeah. way. Oh no, yeah. Or or else I'm going to smear you. Where are you going to smear me? You're going to make a. <laughs> he threatened to make a YouTube video. Great. Oh, 15, no. Fifteen people will see it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think it's. But what I was saying though is that they think they can use that as a shield because that happens to me probably more than you. Or like, you know, they'll they'll leave a shitty comment and I'll respond to it. Or whatever, and they'll be like, "Oh, I'm a fan of yours." I don't give a shit if you, if you treat me like shit. I don't care. I don't care if you bought every one of my DVDs or or you watch every one of my videos. If you do something bad to me or my friends, I don't fucking care. Yeah. It doesn't entitle you to shit. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't entitle you to 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 to, to have an audience with me personally. It doesn't entitle you. Uh, it doesn't tell you to treat treat people awful. It just doesn't. No, I mean, and that was the thing. He was totally using it as a weapon because every time I came at him with logic, like, "Well, I'm sorry, but I'm open now, and now I have to close." I'm the one on the podcast, not so and so. This really, this has nothing to do with the podcast. This has really nothing no. to do with the business, actually, because the story we got later was that the reason <laughs> the reason why they were closed is because his brother had to take a piss and couldn't wait. So he took like the crackhead guy had to take a piss and came out. And at like eight fifty nine, I was like because I was running late with my paperwork. Trey had closed down. And I was still there and just, you know, because of habit without looking at the clock, answered the phone and just dealt with this So fucking... you shouldn't have even answered it. Right. I dealt with this word why vomit. You, why would you answer the phone at two minutes before you close? Well, <laughs> because like I said, I was trying to do paperwork and, you know, it's just like whatever, boom, and then I get this fucking earful of garbage. So so, so be nice to us. Be nice to everyone. No reason to be an asshole. No. Being an asshole rarely gets you anything. It's like the people who are assholes to us in the comment section. It's like, you don't know us and why do, well, why do we care well that's totally different though because to that to me that's just them they could, they could be blowing off steam or they can just that's their one chance to be cool with themselves or to, or to have some sort of little bit of power in their lives for the most part i don't care they're bored I, of sucking their own dicks that that could be it too but i, I mean but when you when you threaten people come on man yeah no threats that's just lame first of all you're never gonna do it uh, but, but that's just lame it's just does not have anything better to do? I got threatened with violence twice this week in the comments section. That Did was, you really? That was fun. Yeah. I, I think I banned the one person. Yeah. You should allow everyone their freedom of speech no matter what. No. I no. don't. I don't really don't on a no. YouTube video. You threatened to slap me or punch me in the mouth. No. Goodbye. Yeah, and they figured that if they slapped you, I was I would stand around and do nothing. Like <laughs> that. That'd be funny. Oh, if I well, no. Did. Actually, the funny thing was is the guy who called. Yeah. Um, was rambling incoherently to his brother about how uh, it didn't matter what I said because if he posted about Luna in the comment section, you were going to take his side, not mine. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Luna's terrible. They've never given me a good deal at all. No, we've never done I'm going to slap the taste out of Ian's mouth. Anyways, all right, that we went long on that one. Um, Mason Bauer at Mr. Shivens. Pet, how much have you spent getting your NES collection? Jesus. What games eluded you? The usual suspects don't count, NWC, etc. What games eluded me? Um, the games that eluded me were the ones I, 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 that I got at the end. Like, you're talking about your Bonk's Adventure games. You're talking um, maybe your Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat. 
Um, you're talking games like that. You know, those very, those very hard-to-find games. You know, because Danny, everyone's running to get these copies of Danny. <laughs> everyone wants to pop in and play that I don't know if they were serious. I'm hoping they were joking, but someone said somewhere, I think it was in the comments, that every time we talk about Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat, the price goes up on eBay. <laughs> I think that's totally proper. Um, you know, those last the last 50 games are the hardest to get on the system that you just can't find in the wild, especially those, like, uh, the unlicensed ones. You're not going to find a... Uh, well, some I got early, like well, a game like Wallabier and the No, no Game I, I got earlier on because I, I knew them from TS, as ours, uh, NES Archive or the Wisdom Tree games, for example. Right. So not that they, that they eluded me, it's just that I, I got them earlier because I w- went after them. Um, but for, in terms of how much I, I spent, Jesus, a lot less than 15000 that's for sure. <laughs> it, it wasn't even 15000 with the NWZ uh, gray card. It wasn't even 15000 now with no. the gold, yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. See, that's the thing, though, because, because when you buy, buy in lots, especially at the flea markets, it went, back in two thousand four, two thousand five, I went to English Town. I still remember this. I bought like forty games for like twenty bucks. Yeah, forty NES games for twenty dollars. And do these weren't the like too. all like bases loaded. Yeah. I remember getting uh, Ghostbusters in there or Ghostbusters two. I, I, I would get lots with no doubles in almost oh, no sports yeah. games for that yes. much at a flea market. Yeah, so at that point you start getting doubles, and yes, you do have to put them on the market or trade them. So that makes that's what it makes a lot it hard, less. though, is because you can't really factor in how much. I mean, do you really remember how much you made back off of selling doubles and then put back in? It's what do you really think yeah. you, you you spend? I think on average uh, five dollars a game. There you go. That's so probably. under. I'd say under four thousand dollars. I would say and that's and I and I think that and that's when people say I, I think that because some games would average out to two dollars or one dollar and then talk about the games that you then sold and getting your money back from lots. I I think it's under four thousand dollars. So to go back to what we talked about earlier, that's. Because I was kind of thinking, that's why I wanted to know what you would say. And, 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 and that ended by that, 2010. Right. I finished my collection in early 2010. No, and I think it ended before then. I think you got a little lucky. Not counting stadium events. But, that's a caveat. Um, yeah, I think, like, okay, so we were talking about, you know, the uh, $15,000 sale. And yeah. I asked, how much do you think it would cost an eBay person to do it now? And we said 8000 I think if you look back at 98, 99, 2000, when Nintendo collecting started to become a thing, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were averaging... Three to five dollars a game for the first five hundred, five hundred and fifty, mm-hmm. and then maybe eight to ten dollars a game for the yeah. the rest of so the game. So, Bonk's Adventure that. was like a ten fifteen dollar game, yeah, exactly. In the late nineties, mm-hmm. Stay Invest was a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars. Yep. That was that was and that was the most expensive. That was game. the one that you had to worry about. I mean, yeah. I, you know, it makes I don't want to make people salivate because I passed on it, but I mean, Pan Asian games you could have for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Way back, yes, I remember they weren't that much. I, I, I passed on, I passed on the Bubble Path Babes because I thought 150 was too much for it. Do I need a, I need a label upgrade for my Guardian Legend? Is that faded? I don't. No, I don't think it is. Okay, that's an aside. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's just fine. I think your Guardian Legend's good. That's where I'm at. Label upgrades. Every NES marathon, I write down the four or five. I need like, oh, my Destination Earth Star. Yeah, and you always manage to find more because you never want to stop buying. Um, I do want. To, you think I like? You like? Think I like being this insane? I do, and we'll get to that shortly. Um, okay, Mike Tartaglia, did I go to high school with you? <laughs> thoughts on bending iPhone six plus, or thoughts on Apple's new line of electronics in general? I thought the iPhone six also had the bending. Was just I might get an iPhone six. It's about time for an upgrade. Um, so basically, what's happening? I guess 
people are putting these in their, in their pockets or sitting down, and it's actually bending the phone because they're very thin. And they're big. And they're all the iPhone. The, the 6, six plus, plus. The 6 Plus is like well, that, an iPad that, mini. That's what he asked about. The, the 6 the Plus six is plus. like an iPad mini. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I laughed at, at, at Rue when he, when he got his freaking Galaxy a couple years ago. Those are the first big ones. They're absolutely ridiculous. You can't hold them with one hand and like do anything, basically. That's how big they are. Um, thoughts on it? I, I don't know. I, I guess don't ever be an early adopter, like I said, because... You have a phone that bends now. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I mean um, the 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 coolness of being the first person on your block with yeah. with X, Y, or Z product should have you should have outgrown that at about twelve. Um, and w- when you wait a week and you see that maybe the iPhone six plus is not the best built piece of equipment, then you change your opinion on what you buy. I still wonder why people camp out, literally camp out to I, get these products. Me too. All, all who, are they, know, who, who are they impressing? All I know is this is the type of people I will never be friends with or associate with because that's how vacuous your life is. Well, and I don't, I don't want to assume that everyone is that way because I will assume most of them are. I will, I will. I mean, here's the thing: I'm going to get the shit for and, this, and, and you won't. Hipster. And, and, and you won't because you're Pat and I'm Ian. Um, <laughs> what? I get carte blanche sometimes. You, you no, you get carte blanche all the time. No, um, I don't. People hate me too. No, they don't. Uh, so. Like, I love gadgetry, but I like musical gadgetry. I like video game gadgetry. Mm. Phone gadgetry and that sort of stuff doesn't appeal to me. But I would still not camp out for a new synthesizer or, you know, a new video game console. I would consider it, or I'd maybe want to get it within a couple days of launch, but I don't know. I think there's always a good reason to wait and see what people have to say about the the immediate release. Like, when uh, Teenage Engineering released the uh, OP1 synthesizer... I waited and read reviews, I mean, for like two fucking years on that thing before I, you know, bit down and bought it. Because I wanted to make sure that it was durable. Especially with the Apple phones. By now, what what the hell are you getting out of the 6 you would you'd get out of the 5 or the 4S? I don't have to upgrade my phone. I just want to because I hear the battery life on the 6 is a hell of a lot better than this. The battery life on the Apple phones are terrible. So if it has a better, a better battery life, that's worth the upgrade. Especially if it's only a couple hundred bucks and I can sell this and break even, basically. Or are close to it. So, I have a four that's wonky, but I mean, f- for me, my phone is my least important piece of technology. I'd rather my phone break than my DS break. This is from uh, at Foxhounder Oliver, who posts on the punkeffect.com. How long can you imagine yourself doing Pat the NES Punk videos? Are you ever worried that you'll stop making re- making revenue? Well, it's not about. I, I mean, honestly, if you look at the NES Punk videos. That's not what I'm making the most revenue on. If you look at the time versus the money that's made, it's it's a podcast for the most part. Um, not that I don't make money off them because I do have videos that are very popular overall. But I'm saying for time versus what gets out of them, it's a podcast. Um, I'm doing. I'll do the videos as long as I have a good idea. Basically, now will I get to the point where I start doing regular reviews? I might like so if I get a chance to if I get an early re- review copy of, say, uh, the Wii Wii U Smash Brothers, maybe I'll review that, but not it won't be a quote unquote NES Punk video. But I just did uh, Toki. I thought I had a good idea. It was socially relevant. The next video coming up, I have a good idea for it, and that's how my ideas usually come. They come in spurts. The next two videos, I have ideas for. After that, I don't know. Uh, I've stuff that I haven't done now. So I said I was going to review before. Like my super secret controller on the NES, that's very rare, that I still want to do a video of, but I have to get around to doing it. So I don't know. Will, will I be 60 and still doing the videos? Probably not. Then again, never say never. The Three Stooges had the, had the same act for 40 years. 50 years, just about. And they kept going until they basically died. Will that be me? I don't know. But there's other stuff I want to do. 
Here's another Zach. This is Zach Attack 1984. How much of a role do you think legit OCD plays in video game collecting, and why is this rarely discussed among collectors? Let's, Depends let's, the type of collector. And let's get rid of video game and just say all collecting. Yes. Um, for the for the most part. part, I think. I mean, I I don't have a lot to say because I'm not a collector. I don't consider myself one. Um. But I'm gonna. Why? Why aren't they talking about it? Because there's a stigma to it. it and if and if obsessive compulsive disorder is the real reason why some of these collectors are so crazy about what they're doing, the last thing they want to do is announce that or associate themselves with that. Yeah. There's a, there is always been a stigma with mental illness, and there will continue to be. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, though, it does affect the markets in these hobbies a lot, and a lot of times it affects it uh, maliciously. Uh, when you have a collector that has to go out and get 20 copies of a rare game, that affects the market, unfortunately, in a a negative way. Um, There's games I couldn't get for years. Like, for example, um, a black box volleyball game. I couldn't get one for years. I kept getting outbid. Uh, Then you find out later, there's guys going out and getting 20 of them. Sure. It's like, what the hell is going on? I just want the one. But I don't think that's legit OCD. I think that's someone trying to corner the market on something. It could be OCD as well, though. It could be. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, I I think that, and like I said, I, I hope the stigma goes away, but like I said, I think it's the refusal to talk about, but I think it's more the people who go out to the flea market and even though they already have four bases loaded, they buy another one because they saw it for 50 cents and they just had to have it. Um, I, that, that might be OCD. That might just be wanting a good deal, you know, because I'm a bargain. But hunter. they already have it. But it's 50 cents. But they already loaded. have it. Why do you need a good deal on something but, you already but, have? It's a 50 cent base loaded. On something you already have. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It, it's I, think, I think the OCD comes more into the motive versus anything else. Not not exactly the action; it's the motive uh, behind it. Uh, so, so for example, like um, uh, for getting a complete set of something, if if that's your goal from the start to get it, because I, this is NES my favorite system, I want to get every game. Is that OCD? Not necessarily. It's a goal. It's not necessarily OCD. How- I th- I think OCD would be more like. I only want to get the 250 games that I have on this list, and now they're looking at 250, and they decide that they need to keep filling in those gaps. That's what I mean, because I knew people that started getting uh, collections of of things like Game & Watch or Vectrex, and they started, oh, I'll just get a few. Now I want more. Now I want more. Now I want more. Now I want to go for the whole set, just because it's there. Right. Not necessarily because they want to do it. It's it's all point of like again the motive. Why do you want it? Yeah, do you yeah. want it just because you, it has to be complete, or do you actually want it to get it? I know it's hard to always differentiate, and sometimes the lines, lines are blurred. Because but, some, I mean, they could just keep going because they realize they really enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, you never I, know unless it's the person. Like I said, yeah. the person is unlikely to say what that real reason is. Sure, it comes down to the end of the day, the person within themselves asking themselves, "Why am I doing this? And is it healthy?" Now, in terms of we talk about mental illness, as long as you're not hurting someone else, I, I don't care what you do for the most part. That goes with most things. Uh, but if but if you're if if you're, if you're hurting yourself, and you have a problem. Say say you start going into debt because you have to have every single I don't know every single Super Nintendo game. You start going into debt. You got to spend two grand on the freaking uh, uh, Speed Racer X Entertainment cartridge or whatever. You just have to. There's no reason to have that game. Once you have to have a complete set, right? Yeah, you know, they say it right. EX Entertainment. Whatever. Don't know. I'm tired. 
Well, then let's get through these last two. Vexed Sprites, at Vexed Sprites. Pat and Ian, do you think that political social agendas have a place in games as in other mediums, or should they stay for fun? I think with anything, whether it's any form of entertainment, TV, books, movies, of course there's going to be political social agendas. Um, I like games that can cover both. I My only problem is, is that ga- a lot of games that cover social or political... Um, well, agenda is a loaded word. Well, yes, but I'm, that's why I'm avoiding it. I think that games that c- cover political or social topics or issues in video games tend to be a bit ham-fisted on both sides of the uh, sure. the border. So I tend to enjoy them less. I, I like a more nuanced discussion. Um, a good example would be something like Bioshock Infinite, which I didn't really play, but I read plenty about. Uh, probably something that I would enjoy in story form written very well, but in game form, it's it's... It's it's just it's hammy. It's not too much about the all the outsiders and xenophobia. There's, there's not a lot. There's not. It, it's right. It, it, I, I I am on the side of the story. I am not interested in the way the story is being told. Well, and that goes back to again agenda. Are you going to convince the other side uh, because you threw all this shit into a game and threw it at someone? Probably not. I don't think people are that easily. Oh, maybe people. Some people are easily uh, swayed by that sort of thing. Um, I, I think, I think what it comes down to in video games or any sort of art, because you have social issues in movies and music going back, um, it has to fit. It can't just be like shoehorned in and it, and it has to make sense for it to be there. Otherwise the effectiveness, and like I said, if it comes across quote unquote as an agenda, I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested in trying to be sold something. If it's fit, if, if it fits in there naturally, that's fine. But if that's your main objective, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want it in there. I personally don't. It doesn't mean it can't be in there. It could be in there. It could be in a movie. But I'm, I just, I'm just not the audience for that, you know. And the last one, Robert. Hello, Rob. You're a Mario Kart friend. Uh, at Brainiac something. I can't really pronounce it. There's lots I, of eyes. I, I brain Brainiac. 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 Does Frank like recording for your Ask Frank series? Go. Frank does like recording for the Ask Frank series. Uh, he's only done it twice. So we just did it about a month ago. And we did like over 300 questions. A couple hours, but he, he, he enjoyed it. I, that's the weird thing about him. He doesn't like he doesn't like the narrative stuff. He doesn't like acting, even though he's excellent at it. Which is really frustrating to try to get to do something. And he gives me shit for it. But it's like, Frank, you have a natural comedic timing and tone is perfect. But he likes... He likes the questions being asked, Mike. I think because it's like, it's, an, it's another world. It's just, it, it's the same reason why you like watching him answer the questions in theory because it's like a disconnected world. He's totally not on the internet, and you totally are. So you like seeing that that disconnect for someone like. He's, I always say he's like Rip Van Winkle to, to these people. That's I mean, what for it comes him, out I mean, I could see him liking it much like I don't like acting, but I can sit here and talk with you, you know, for two hours. You spiel, um, spiel your liberal agenda. Yeah, every, I, I, for sure, two I sure do. <laughs> just, just like a fucking, I was going to say something so gross. Um, <laughs> so gross. Uh, oh, man. No, but I mean, for Frank, much like for me, it's a, it's, a, it's a reason to sit down and have a beer and just shoot the shit. Yeah, well, it's me just... Asking weird questions at him, I like seeing his response. So the thing about Frank when he answers them is that some he takes in stride, some he enjoys that they're so wacky, but he's always very quick with the response. There's 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 ones where 
Uh, he's just like... Well, it wouldn't be Frank if he wasn't. I guess so. Let's be Frank about Frank. So, we gotta get him on the podcast. Should we get guests in the podcast no. in the future? You still don't want, you still don't want any guests? Like, we can figure out how to do a call-in? Uh, um, I mean... You always said, well, we gotta wait to see how the podcast develops. We're doing it for over a year now. I mean, we'll be dead. Norm um, wants I, to be on the podcast. No. I don't want to be on the podcast. Should we get Norm on the podcast? We're going to talk about the history of fucking <laughs> Sega's, you know, robot toy from 67. Norman and I could just make out for 10 minutes as a topic. Did you hang out with him a lot at Magfest? No, he wasn't there. Oh. Yeah. Then why are you so eager to have him on the podcast? Why are you cracking your knuckles? That's oh, right. Because he, he always asks. You, you, are you doppelgangers? Is that we are is? doppelgangers, yeah. Except, except he's big and brawny. You got you to hit the gym. He's sexy me. He's sexy <laughs> He's sexy me, and I am I am I am ugly me. I am here suit me. Oh come on! I, I I'm I'm hairy me. You you getting married? You snagged a girl somehow. All right, I have to finish cracking my knuckles, so let's wrap this one up. We got another one in the bags. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Me too. So this has been a fine, fine, above average, completely unnecessary podcast. Follow along on Stitcher. Especially iTunes, where we crack the top ten. Speaking of crack knuckles, we crack, we crack the top ten every time it comes out, but then we dissipate within a few days, much like my memories of Ian. Hopefully, because we don't do one weekly, but we'll get we'll get to number one eventually, and then also on the punkpet.com, But especially iTunes, please listen. And then um, we have a Patreon. If you'd like to support us, it's Patreon.com/slash/PixelSickle. That Ian has to update with some writing every now and then. I do. I just did it last week. Okay. I update once a week. Okay. I have to update this week. And on the Patreon, you can get exclusive clips, not video clips, not on YouTube, or you can see the entire podcast in video form after the fact. So, for Ian Ferguson. Yep, that's me. I am Pat Contry. We'll see you in a fortnight. Have 14 a- days. Th- thanks, thanks for the Old timey. Have a good day. Bananas. <laughs>